well before this. And punk rock was stupid anyway. I mean, I mean, punk in the seventies was fucking dumb. It really was. Well, I mean, outside of the Clash, I mean, and the Misfits, I mean, punk kind of sucked well, in the seventies. The Velvet Underground was punk, and they were fantastic. Oh, the Velvet Underground were kind of garbage for the most part. They're like one good record. Jesus, fuck but um, your mouth just says things that are just <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! child over here uh this is asinine radio this is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh we get into a different album we break it down uh, we find out you know all the little secrets we can about it and we let you in on it uh so while you're listening go to apple Podcasts, go to spotify uh give us five stars on there um you know all the social media is at asinine radio we have a discord server if you want to join that let us know we'll send you the link and uh, we have a phone number. You can call. You can leave us a voicemail. Send us a text. The phone number for that is 503-893-5307. So get into that. And uh, yeah, with that being said and done, uh, what the fuck are we doing today, Jeff? We are doing the soundtrack to the Rocky Horror Picture Shows. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll, but listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Just a jump to the left. And then you to the right. With your hands on your hip. into the time slip and nothing can ever be the same you're spaced out on sensation like you're under sedation the rocky horror picture show 
is a movie musical that was was released in 1975. It features Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, Barry Boswick, Richard O'Brien, and Patricia Quinn. It's based off the stage musical The Rocky Horror Show from 1973. This movie did have a budget of $1.4 million, but it has made well over $200 million worldwide since it was released. It's also an iconic cult classic that's still played every week in movie theaters all over the United States. So, with that quick little synopsis, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just jump into our uh, <laughs> our, our initial thoughts on this. Our or actually our origin story and our initial thoughts. So, what do you got, Jeff? Go. My my origin story with this just comes from drama in high school. Everybody. Not everybody, a lot of people talked about the Rocky Horror Picture Show and how great it was and it was so fantastic. I was okay, so like I watched this in high school. And that's that's mm. that's where it came from. I mean it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. Like the, the movie itself is good. It's it's not great, it's not bad. I think it's good. The music I think is better than the movie, but like the lore and, and the cult following and everything else about it I think is what makes it great. But I mean, come on, honestly, like the movie's okay. Like, besides Meatloaf, who I love now, and then Tim Curry, <laughs> everyone else is, eh, all right. I mean, yeah, Tim Curry is, I mean, easily the best part of this, without a doubt. He's untouchable, honestly. Yeah. Uh, my my origin story. <clears throat> I remember, actually, the first time I watched this, I was in eighth grade, and some friends of the pod, they were they were a year older than us, so they were in. They were in drama in high school. They were cool freshmen in high school, and they were doing. I remember they were doing a mus- the musical. Um, uh, what is it? Little Shop of Horrors. That's what they were doing. And I remember we watched it, or I went. I went to go watch my friends perform at their 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 musical at their high school. And then after the after that, we went back to our friend's house, and then we watched this. This we watched Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that was the first time I ever saw it. And I, I remember for like the next two years, I, I'd probably seen this movie maybe 30, 40 times. Like it was a lot. We used to watch this movie a lot. Um, but yeah, that's my origin story. Drama, I guess, for in a drama class that I wasn't in. But drama. That was my yeah. thing. Drama, drama. Yeah. My theater drama, whatever you want to call it, whatever you kids call it nowadays. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, my initial thoughts, I agree with you on this. Uh, the movie's not that great. It's... It, the music sets it apart. The weird costumes, the the content itself is very edgy. Even even in today's standards, it's kind of it's kind of edgy. You don't see a lot of stuff like this even nowadays. So I get that, but overall, it's not not that great of a story, not that great of a movie. But whatever. It was it was very bootleg. It was very done. It was done in a very bootleg way too, which I th- I had no idea. Like they had to like reuse a bunch of costumes and it was, yeah, it was, it was weird. And considering how much money it's made to this day is insane to me. Yeah. There's but. a lot of, a lot of things I didn't know until this week. And yeah, uh, right. one, I didn't know that it was a play in England first before it was a play over here in America. Yeah. yeah. So play in England movie play in America. It's kind of like the timeline. It went, it went down. And I didn't know yeah. the England one existed before the American version existed. Um, but otherwise, I also I, I, I had so many different things I've read about this week. But I, I like I like the way it's written. I, I think it's written in a in a a purposely cheesy way 
to like pay homage to these these horror B movies, and it's it's silly and it's fun and all these these sci-fi things going on, but it's a play. It's a play that was that was adapted to a movie, and the movie doesn't do it quite justice because, yeah, yeah. like, I watched several. I, I've never seen the play live. I've I've I really really want to, but watching some stuff on YouTube like fixed camera stuff, man, it's it's a really 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 good play, and I don't I don't really care for the movie all that much. I own on the DVDs, and I have actually the 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 vinyl that I have too. I, I found out this week. That it's the Broadway performance. It's not the movie or the English performance. Oh. It's the Broadway performance, <laughs> which is it, uh-huh. it's the exact same as the movie. It's just there's two songs that are either omitted or that are omitted <laughs> that are that are on it. What's the opposite of omitted? I guess added. You could just say added. Added. I'm gonna say omitted. There are two songs that are either omitted or omitted. <laughs> that's that's the only difference. I can't remember which one okay. it was. Um, but yeah, I, I I just had I didn't know that that it was a an English play first. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But it makes sense when everybody on the cast is English except for three of the people. You know. Yeah. Everybody else British, but and that was kind of I I read that I read something that was interesting too. The the person who I forgot her name, but whoever designed the costumes, she had never been to America, so she kind of, and she was like she was kind of weird about it and she just kind of generalized what she thought Americans look like. And that's what she based the clothes off of for Jan and, um, for Janet and, uh, what's his name? Brad. Brad. Yeah. And just asshole and slut. And and, I mean, she kind of nailed it, but yeah, I thought that was, it was, it was a weird thing. Like she kind of guessed and she had, apparently she claims that she had never seen a sci-fi movie. So all the, the space age costumes were all just her own thought. And I thought, come on, dude, Really, like you've never seen anything that can inspire you. Like you never seen any sort of sci-fi or pictures or anything like that. That was lame. Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, a little pretentious. This, this is a play that came out in the early '70s, and then they made a movie about it in the mid '70s, and it did shit. Nobody liked it. Nobody knew what the fuck was happening. Nobody watched it, and they pulled it from theaters because nobody was going, and theaters were empty. There was nobody there, and then just by like the grace of God. They started trickling out onto midnight showings, and it just got picked up randomly, just by the freaks, the geeks, and the romantics. Really, <laughs> they. they, they I mean, it, it makes sense why it didn't get picked up. I mean, it's. I mean, for 1975, this is like very. I mean, it's extremely edgy. The content is pretty wild. For me, you're right. Even even, like you said it already. It's still pretty aggressive like even by today's standards it's you're watching like wow this is like if they made a movie that was like this now like nobody would watch it people would fucking hate it people would pretend to like it but it wouldn't last it would just be novelty at best but it wouldn't it wouldn't (laughs) it wouldn't withstand what 50 years that it has like it still plays in theaters i've seen this in theaters twice and both yeah i've seen i've seen it in theaters yeah yeah both times it was the first time i saw in theaters i didn't know that people interact the way they do i thought they i knew they dressed up but i know people do other things in the theater yeah, they, they reenact the entire fucking movie they get out of their fucking chairs and they stand beneath the 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 screen and they they act out the movie mm-hmm. and that's commonplace and that's fine and then that's encouraged but then like there are little other things too whenever somebody says the word brad you're supposed to yell asshole 
And whenever someone yells the word <laughs> or says the word Janet, you yell slut. And so like I'm watching this, and they're you know they say oh Brad and he's asshole. I'm like why the fuck is everybody yelling? And they go Janet <laughs> slut. I'm like why? What is why? Why are you talking? Why are you yell? Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> <laughs> so like all those things are cool. And like and like you also throw food and shit and there's all these other little yeah. things that you do and obviously like nowadays you can't be throwing shit at a theater that's disgusting, but it's <laughs> like that part of this is really cool and I like I like that people are so invested in something that they don't even know the origins to them anymore. It's just become a thing. It's it's become this this blob, this entity to where we don't even know how it happened, why it happened, but it's been happening for so long that we just keep doing it because it's fun and it's ours. I think that's mm-hmm. why this is consistently played in theaters for 50 plus years is because it's ours. Not me specifically, but this, anybody that's ever felt like left out or alone or like a, a dork or a freak or anybody that's ever felt like just left out of any kind of social group, you can always come to the Rocky Horror Picture Show and feel welcome. Yeah, that's true. That's Much like true. all those stupid bands you like, those mindless self Wednesday 14s, <laughs> like all those people, they that's why they like that type of music. <laughs> You're the worst. It's because there's no judgments the when you yeah, there's no judgments when you go to there cuz like that type of music's already bad, so it can't no, get any worse. So you go to those shows to feel to feel safe, to feel welcome. Yeah, your mindless 14s and corns and everything. <laughs> it's all the same. The fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, what was I gonna? I forgot what I was gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. Uh, ah. What? what? Ah. <laughs> this is gonna be a tough one for us because we've never really done a soundtrack like this, and also we're gonna try our best. We're gonna try our best. Um, the song we so played is fantastic. Like there are songs on here that are fucking fantastic. That are no, they're, so yeah, no, good. There's some really amazing songs. Like yeah. the Time Warp. That is such a banger of a song. It's such a good song. It's a good hard rock and roll song. <clears throat> And a lot of these I songs totally are based agree. out of like fifties rock and roll. Like they're very much of that era, just with like a tinge to them. But there's no, there's no, there's no like sexuality tinge to the music as there is in obviously the performance. And so that's yeah, where I think yeah. like the cool contrast comes in is you get this hyper aggressive sexuality visually, but then the music is still kind of lighthearted fifties rock and roll. But then, but then the lyrics, they, they like the lyrics kind of go right in the middle of them. And I love that. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, like the except for the song, like you know the the to touch me song, you know, yeah, that that Janet sings. I mean, that's like the only song that has I don't even want, like it has vulgar lyrics, but I don't even want to call them vulgar. But outside of that, I totally agree with you. I mean, the the music is is kind of separate from the actual performance. So uh, I'm with you on that, I, dude. I had like so many things on my mind, but now I can't even. I lost a, my train of thought. There was an actual band that played with these, with the, the like for this movie, and for like the 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 songs, right? There was a band yeah, that recorded, yeah. and, and the drummer is the only person that I that I know who was from a band that I recognize, and that's Procol Harum, who was like a, oh yeah a, a prog band that I kind of briefly got into when we did the vinyl thing, and I was like, okay, cool, like that's a band that I can recognize as being very influential. People love them, and some of their early records go for a lot of money. So that was cool. I dug that. I, but I'm also glad that it's not like a, a super group band made up of, of like John Anderson from Yes on vocals and Chris Squire and then all yeah. these other guys, Robert Fripp's on here. Like I like that it's just a bunch That's of guys. That's what I'm saying. It, it's kind I of like, like a, the whole movie was kind of like a bootleg thing. Yeah. Like it's something that should have never been made. And, and then kind of hearing how after this movie came out, 
uh, what's his name, Richard O'Brien? Yeah, Richard O'Brien, the guy pretty who pretty much created this, who is, plays Riff Raff in the movie. He had he's tried to make sequels over the ever since this movie came out, but nothing has ever gone through. Everything's fallen through every single time, and it it's kind of a shame. Like I kind of wonder what like a proper sequel sequel would have looked like. But it's I don't know. It's kind of like the Boondock Saints curse, right? Like the Boondock Saints yeah, two oh, came true, out. Yeah. Like on its own, it was fine. But calling it the Boondocks, no, like on its own, if it was, if it was was just called anything else, it wasn't, uh. dude, it was bad. When was the last time you watched it? I watched it a couple years ago. Like when you guys watched it. No, you did not. If you did, then you would, you would not be saying it's silly. It's not good, dude. It's fucking stupid. But like calling it a Boondock Saints sequel is, is what did it the most harm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. So, you, so you've never you've never seen this uh, on stage before? No, I would I would I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Okay, because I saw it. I've seen it twice on stage, uh, but it was like a local theater thing. And uh, actually, friend of the pod, Chris, was in it. He was in the musical, and uh, Chris played uh, Rocky in the show. He would play Rocky. And I could see him as Rocky. Yeah, he played Rocky. I mean, yeah. So he, it was cool too because. Uh, they had a live band play with them. It wasn't pre-recorded music. They had they had a guitar. I think they had no. They had one guitarist, a bass player, and a drummer, and then they played all the music while the cast sang, and that was really cool too. That was funny. See, it was funny hearing Chris sing because I'd never heard him sing before. So you know, being friends with him since we were six years old, never heard him sing before. So that was funny. Which is but, funny because the the actor that played Rocky didn't sing or speak his own roles or his own lines. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All dubbed. <laughs> Like the only person in the movie, <laughs> yeah, literally just got but him that, for his looks. But that was that was the um, that was the only time I've seen it in a live performance at a local theater, which was cool. I mean, they you could, I mean they worked really hard on the production too, and it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we kind of got the introductions here, a little bit of backstory on the on the movie and stuff. Um, let's just jump into time warp. I mean, we kind of we kind of did talk about it, but this is my favorite song on the whole record as well, and. Um, I, I like at the end of the movie, there's the instrumental version of the song and the instrumental version is really fucking, it's not, it, it gives an entire, entirely different feel to the song without the vocals on it. It's really, it's a really well-crafted song. Very well-crafted. I think that, I think this is like one of three or four songs throughout the whole thing that I think is a good song. If you just took it out of this production. Yeah. Maybe yeah, just, maybe absolutely. just three of them, but yeah, God dude. But like, the vocal part in the beginning, like that, that's that's uh, Richard O'Brien, Riff Raff. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's just, it's it so cool. I love the way he sounds. I love the way he presents the words. The way he says astounding is just, I don't know. It's so cool. It gives me, it gives, it gives me like the goosebumps. I love it. It's so good. I don't even think he's that great of a singer either, but it's perfect for this song and for this movie, this production. It's so good. It's it's really good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and again, just the yeah. It's just, you're constantly moving. The song's constantly moving, and and it's just, you're constantly excited. And then once it hits that chorus, it's it's a chorus of people singing like a falsetto. But then when you listen to it without it, like I was saying, it's like this big crunchy like power chord guitars. But when when you hear it in the whole mix, that gets buried with all the vocals. Yeah, which sucks. But when you hear that instrumental, it's a play. It's, it's it, a totally it, different. It has feel. to be, and it's it's annoying, but it has to be. Yeah, but it's, like it's really rad. So so, f- 
first off, this song sounds so much like it reminds me so much of "Stay with Me" by Faces, the by uh, the Rod Stewart band before he was like Rod Stewart. And if mm-hmm. you've heard "Stay with Me," God, dude, they, they, these two songs remind me so much of each other, so really? much that I I even like Google like Time Warp sounds like "Stay with Me," and I've only found one other deep like Reddit thread that somebody made the comparison to. But I swear to you, <laughs> they are very very similar, just in tone when and did that sound. Rod Stewart come out? That, that was uh, that was that was like seventy seventy one. Okay, so it was prior to this. I brought faces to the pod once. I think dude, Rod Stewart is a guy that I I think is really really cool, and I really got to get into him because I like everything that he does, even though he's kind of a goof. But yeah, definitely. that 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 band faces. I think that's their first album. Stay with or um, I think it's just called Faces, maybe. But it's a it's a killer album. But yeah, it sounds a lot like this, okay. which is good. And this song is like the, the original Casper slide. Like you're telling somebody how to dance. Like this is the OG Casper slide. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's just a jump to the left. And, you know, I like how just how the music just compl- everything stops and it's it's the, the criminologist. Yeah. Fucking Blowfield <laughs> is telling us how to dance. I know. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's fucking Blowfield. <laughs> we, diamonds are forever. We got a villain Jesus telling Christ. us what to do. Oh, he, but he also, he also plays a different character in You Only Live Twice. He plays, uh, do you remember in that? Does he, he play three different characters in the James Bond series or just two? No, just the two. He play in, in You Only Live Twice in 1967. He plays uh, like the the informant in in Japan and he ends up getting killed. He gets stabbed in the back through the paper wall. I remember the and part. Then, I don't remember him being, it was him. Was that before the, 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 the thing went up and then they shot Bond through the bed? No. Oh, that was the same movie. But that was the when Bond gets shot through the bed. That was the beginning of that movie because that's when he dies. You know, you only live twice. Yeah, that's when he dies, and and then when he meets that informant. And he's not even an informant. He's just like somebody who works for the for the British government. But he li- he's lived in Japan for like twenty years. He says, and he just he's like absorbed the Japanese lifestyle, and then he dies like three minutes later. But then in three years later, in nineteen seventy one, he plays. Blofeld, the main villain in Diamonds Are Forever, which is so weird. Like <laughs> using the same actor five years apart in the same movie franchise is weird. It's silly, but yeah, very silly. But yeah, no, that he plays the, he plays the criminologist in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Did you see and that it's the so bizarre that the original person they wanted to do that and the person said yes, I want to do it, but scheduling just didn't happen was Vincent Price. Was it really? Yeah. Vincent, I didn't read that, no. They offered it to Vincent Price. Vincent Price said, yep, I'll do it. And then it was just scheduling mishap, and he probably wasn't very committed to it, and he's like, eh, it's not going to work out. But fuck, man. Imagine <laughs> Vincent Price in that role. Oof. That would have been so cool. Like, Oof. I love I love what, what happened, like what it became, but Vincent Price would have just been so weird. He's untouchable. So like, come on. He's, yeah. He's unreal. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I had no, I had no idea. Dude, there's then, a lot of people that were supposed to be in this, in this, or that got offered the job or, or whatever. So I, I don't know if you saw this. You probably did, but the in 2015 or 2016 when they when they redid it for like the the musical for TV, but they did like the stage performance, you know. Yeah. And Tim Curry came back, but didn't play Doctor Frankenfurter. He played that criminologist. Yeah. In the stage version, that was I thought that was pretty cool for yeah. him to come back. That's awesome okay. because because you're like passing the because this is this is not Tim Curry's thing. The Tim Curry just fucking owned it, but like mm-hmm. it's cool to see him be able to pass the torch. And I'll get into some cool Tim Curry stories later, but it's cool to see him like pass the torch but still be involved. 
Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you can't. Come on. You can't do a fucking remake of Rocky Horror without Tim Curry. It's <laughs> <a> silly <laughs> boy talk. <laughs> silly boy talk. It's it's amazing how, how iconic that character is and just how much better he is than everybody else. Not everybody Not to say, else. like, some of them were bad, but, I mean, he just outshines everybody in every scene. The only, the only person that I think like holds a candle that's even close to Tim Curry's meatloaf. Really? I think Susan yeah. Sarandon did a really good job, too. Yeah, Susan Sarandon. I really think she did a good job. She wasn't supposed to be there. She was visiting She was visiting Tim Curry. Like she, They were friends. She was visiting Tim Curry, and they're like, hey, you should just like, uh, you should like audition for this. And she's like, nah, I don't sing. And then Richard Bryan was like, I, everybody sings. Like, can you sing Happy Birthday? And she's like, yeah, can you sing Happy Birthday? He said, sing Happy Birthday. So she sang it. And he's like, yeah, that was fine. You should just be in this play. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And that was it. I mean, I guess anybody could be better than Richard O'Brien. I mean, like I said, he, his singing isn't bad, but it's not that great. So as long as you could be better than him, I, I think you're you're pretty solid on this cast. Susan Sarandon and whoever played Brad are they're Very not boss they're boy. not bad. They're not bad, but like they're for sure throwaway actors. They're only there to just drive the plot forward. That is yeah. it. They're not. They're not yeah. the stars of the of the show. In well, any I know way. they're not the stars of it, but I felt like I still felt like her yeah. her presentation was or her acting was. I thought it was really good. I thought Tim Curry and her were the best parts of this movie. I did. I read a lot of like fucking just really stupid things, and I guess I guess like like uh, whoever direct uh, Lou Adler and and he produced it, and then uh, O'Brien were both kind of upset with Susan Sarandon because she wouldn't get naked, even though she oh. had done it before. Like she had done yeah. it beforehand, and they're like, "Why won't you just get naked?" And I was like, "Why would you even like it's get so fucking pervy. mad at that?" It's so pervy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's the '70s, so it was a very different time. I understand that, but damn, dude, that's that's fucking weird. But to like say, "Hey, will you get naked?" No, nah, I don't want to do it. Oh, but you did it before. Like, what? Are you, what? How is that? Like, how does that make any sense? How is that okay? Yeah, so stupid. That's that's fucking weird. Good stuffs. Funny uh, stuffs. Great stuffs. Great stuffs. All right, uh, we got anything else on time warp? What do you think? Uh, no time warp. Uh, well, oh yeah. Then after, I mean, just real quick too, because I didn't, I didn't know what it was. But after time warp, kind of like it's ending or it's ended. Brad, um, he asks in a really stupid way, like, "Does Zumi know how to Madison?" And I was like, "What the fuck is Madison?" And I looked it up, and Madison is just like this stupid fucking dumb line dance from like the fifties <laughs> yeah. that you know what I mean that like, people would do yeah, like it, arms length. You remember when he so says square. it? Yeah, oh, no, I, I, so I've, that's always been one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. Does it mean what a that, Madison? <laughs> what the fuck is it's Madison? Like, it's the squarest thing that you could possibly say. Yeah. Like the most generic vanilla thing you could say after that huge production of everybody dancing and, oh my gosh. And they, in, in Time Warp, there, there's a part like at the beginning when they're going through the entryway and Riff Raff he he like he puts his arms up like on the side of the wall and he does that like leg kick thing yeah i don't know if you know what it yes. is but the first time i saw the movie until today when i watched it again for probably the 50th time i laughed just as hard as i did that first time i saw it cuz it's so stupid it looks so dumb <laughs> i love it I, I i think it's oh my god it's so hilarious his character makes no fucking sense he has this yeah. massive like hunch on his back and it goes Which away and it comes in and it's just like, it, it, it only like some affects him sometimes. Shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it only yeah. affects him like when it, when he feels like it. And then he like puts his arms up in a way that there's no fucking, there's no physically way possible for you to lift your arms like that with that type of hunch on your back. 
And it's just like, then why even have the hunch? But like that's it's so bootleg. That's what makes it so it. bootleg and so good. Yeah, no, I know, I totally agree. But I think I think totally all these little agree. nuances were not intentional. I think like that thing they made him as as a hunchback to make him look like, oh let's make him look you know sci fi B movie style. Well, he's supposed to look like Igor from Frankenstein movies. Yeah, that but was like, that was the thing. But shitty, because yeah, they well, they, yeah, they even yeah. brought like like uh, brighter Frankenstein at the very end with her little uh, yeah, with her lightning bolts in her hair. Yeah. Well, even that, but not only that, but there were they because the they were so under budget or they didn't have enough money, they had to use old props from old movies from the fifties and stuff. And one of the big props that they used was the 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 contain the container that Rocky comes in when he, Rocky is technically born when he's in the water. Oh, that glass that container. Tank, that glass container that was from um, the son. I think of the son of Frankenstein, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, from that particular movie, and that was just like one of the big props that they reused for this movie. But there were a bunch of things, um, like even the house that that huge estate, that castle that they use was has been used countless times in various B movies and and all kinds of shit throughout the years. So you can visit the house too, even still today. I know it's pretty crazy, right? I would love to go visit it. I would too. Not even for the Rocky Horror shit, just to visit something that old. Do you do you like dress up when you go? I mean, I don't know if you still do, but like, do you, did you dress up when you go to see the Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show? No, no, I've only I've only seen it I've only seen it once in theaters. I didn't. No, I'm not gonna. I didn't dress up. I, I saw I saw it twice. I would still go. Like I, 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 they usually played around Halloween time. A lot of the theaters out here, and I, I'd still yeah. like going, but I would never dress up. I'm too old for that shit. And the way some of these people dress up, I mean, they look exactly like the characters. They take a lot of time. That I think that's my biggest problem is I don't want to have to put any any effort into anything. I barely get <laughs> dressed true. in the morning. I, I, don't, I don't want to dress up. I mean, I mean, look at last weekend, the wedding. I'm still complaining about how much fucking work it was <laughs> being invited to go to a party. <laughs> that you did not dress up for. Dude, remember getting, oh my God, that fucking beard that we had in the Uber home. That was so annoying. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to get into it. It's just going to make me mad. So. <laughs> we'll get into it on a later episode because it's irrelevant right now. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. So we were talking about okay, the the house, the castle, yeah, that itself. I mean, that thing is just. I think it was built in the eighteen sixties. I think that's what it said. And uh, I mean that that house is amazing. It is so cool. That that, that first shot of it is just it's it's so big and it's cool looking. And then they pans over to when they're knocking on the door and that goes up and it shows um. Riff Raff, what's the guy's name? O'Brien Murphy Richard and O'Brien. O'Brien. Richard O'Brien. Richard O'Brien. <laughs> O'Brien and Murphy from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows, it pans up to him. Like, even that's like a really cool shot. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it, like the props wise, stage wise, costume wise, everything's top notch. I also read too, like talking about the, you mentioned earlier, but um, costumes and makeup. But one of the persons, one of the persons, one of the people. One of the, <laughs> one of the one of the persons that was involved with like the makeup and the styling was uh was David Bowie's old stylist. Like yeah, from yeah. from like the, the early seventies, late sixties and and the person that, that essentially invented the style for Frankenfurter for, for Tim Curry was like that was David Bowie's stylist. That's cool oh, because it- because David Bowie is such an iconic character and i call him a character because i've never listened to his music so i don't call him a musician yet but he's <laughs> such a character and i think it's cool to see that kind of that correlation between like fucking in the uh, historic 
rock star to budget shit plays like this. <laughs> and to see like I mean, all the people really behind, was, the, behind the scenes. He was a character. I mean, that's what Ziggy Stardust was. I mean, that was straight up a character. More about that. It was more about the character and the story than it was the music itself. I, I think, but... I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a Bowie I, fan at all. I know. So. I, neither am I. We've never done Bowie in the pod. And I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to call him a musician yet because I don't know what he wrote. I don't know how much of it he wrote. I don't know what he came up with. I don't know if he had a team of writers. I don't know. Yeah. But for sure, he's a Elvis character. Did, at least he's a character. At most, he's a historic musician. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the middle. <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. I like that. You know. And I read, too, that when they, by the time that they filmed this, in the mid seventies, that house was like falling apart. Like nobody had really restored the house in a hundred years, but I guess now it's been, it's been fully restored and it's like really nice now, but at the time it was falling apart and that's why they filmed it there was because they probably did it for really fucking cheap. Well, so they, 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 they filmed most of the movie either in there or at um like just a studio lot. Like, like going off of that too, Susan Sarandon also, she got fucking pneumonia, that pool scene. Yeah. She got pneumonia yeah. because there was no, she was like, dude, there's fucking cold in here. There was one room that they used to have a bunch of heaters in it so the staff could like warm up, but then the room caught on fire. And so there was no, <laughs> there was no place to like warm up because the house was old, decrepit, falling apart. And so Susan I mean, Sarandon got fucking pneumonia. And it's not even, and it's not even the fact that they. I mean, it wasn't even just the house too. But I mean, even if they're on a soundstage, a big soundstage is not going to be heated properly. And not only that, they filmed this during the winter. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they filmed it in the Six winter weeks. in England. And not only that, from what I was reading during those pool scenes, they didn't have enough costumes. So what they were doing is, they only had like two of each costume. So one costume would be wet, and then they would have to change out or something like that. And then they have to put on a wet costume, a cold wet costume. And then film a scene or multiple scenes yeah. in that cold, wet costume. They they had and no money. Pneumonia. They had no yeah. money. So like while they're filming one scene, they're hang drying the other costumes and trying to dry them out as much as possible. And then when that <laughs> wet costume now got too unbearable, they switch out. So they put on like a damp costume and hang that sopping wet costume out to dry. And they just keep doing that back and forth. And it's just it's so crazy. And then and then like all this all of this culminates into like okay well that's cool like you you guys made a movie that is a cult classic and you're making a bunch of money off the off the DVD sales that's great but Susan Sarandon is a is a very outspoken I, I say Susan Sarandon a lot but but I I, I do like her Not, I don't I don't I think she's okay in the movie but as a person I like her a lot but she's been yeah, very like outspoken about been very vocal about how they don't make shit off of the fucking royalties from the DVD sales none of the cast really? members make anything. It's oh, like I didn't know that. Multiple times over the past decades, she's been like, "No, fuck that movie, fuck that. We don't make shit off the royalties," and that's shit. that's shitty. Yeah, I don't like that at all. That but I mean, shitty. when you really think about it, most of the money probably comes from like bootleg, not bootleg, but like little movie theaters just playing the the DVD or the Blu-ray or the digital copy every week. So they're probably they're they're probably playing these movies illegally, and that's why they're not getting anything. But then that, you I mean, see, that's like, what I imagine. But then you go to Hot Topic, and I, uh, even now, Hot Topic still has shirts of the, the of like the lips or or, or Tim yeah, Curry's yeah. face. Like they still have merch that is from this. Like like these people probably don't see a goddamn cent of that. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, if anybody sees any money, it's going to be Richard O'Brien. I mean, honestly, he's like the mastermind behind this. But he has no other credit to his name outside of Rocky Horror. And it's I don't know. It's it's. 
You're right. Like it's like what are we going to give them? You know what I mean? Like there's nothing to give you because this is such a a a fan thing. This is almost like there's even more like bootleg than like when Star Wars first kind of started out and and like there's no money oh, to give more. you. Yeah. So they, like I I would give you money if there was money, but I don't know what you want me to give you. So I I get that. I understand that. I I I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm glad that that this has found its audience. All right, are we good with Time Warp now? Should we move on to uh, a 2B for one of us? Hmm? <laughs> uh, what's, what other songs do you, do you really dig on this one? So the other song that I, I, I've, I've liked, but I never liked as much as I do this week, is Hot Patootie, uh, baby. Really? Bless my soul. Uh, really? That, you like that one? This is that's not even a banger for me. That's because you're an idiot, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you like meatloaf so much. I just don't. I never it. have. I never have liked meatloaf so much until this week. I, I like I like him in Tenacious D, yes, and I like Bad Out of Hell because I think Bad Out of Hell is really great. But yeah. I mean, Bad Out of Hell was two, three years after this came out. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, shit, I I assumed that it was like before. Meatloaf, then it wouldn't make sense because he wouldn't have been in the movie probably. Meatloaf wasn't shit until essentially this movie in Bad Out of Hell. He had one album before this that he shared with somebody else. It didn't do that great, but it wasn't until his performance in Hair, the musical Hair. Yeah, like that's what kind of got him traction, and this is what really catapulted him into like, like holy fuck, this kid's got a voice. And then Bad Out of Hell, fuck man, Bad Out of Hell is like. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna add to my fucking list of albums that we need to do. Milo, bad at I think you already did. I think it's already on there. It's a good album. Okay, shithead. And I mean, he is he is an amazing singer. He was. I mean, absolutely amazing singer. But I don't know. Dude, this song's not that great. Everything about this is just so cool. Like Milo crashes through the wall, right, with the fucking saxophone (laughs) attached to him. (laughs) Like, like what? And he's, and he crashes no through the wall with a saxophone attached to him and belts out a solid fucking jam. And dude, kid, and he has the the gash in his head. Tell me, tell me that Jack Black did not model his entire existence off of this this one performance by Meatloaf. This is Jack Black to a T. Everything about yeah, what Meatloaf does is Jack Black, and I love it. That's fair. And then to that's have very very fair. And then to come full circle with Jack Black to do like Tenacious D, the Pick of Destiny, and have Meatloaf on there must have just been like literally a dream come true. Because I know Jack Black loves Meatloaf a lot, and I know he's talked about it, but this performance, I really honestly believe that Jack Black probably saw this in his younger age and was like, holy fuck, that's what I want to do. I don't want to say better, but just differently and better. I, I would say I could say better. <laughs> yeah, you could say better. Differently and better. <laughs> differently and better, okay. All right. <laughs> so good. I mean, the, the story behind the character, though, uh, of Eddie... Where he took, I mean, Doctor Frank Frankenfurter, he he took half of Eddie's brain out and then gave that half to Rocky, and that's how he that's how he created Rocky. And then in the movie, you could see the gash across his entire forehead where his brain was apparently taken out. Cause, and then he immediately gets killed. Because <laughs> like the lore, After the song, he's dead. <laughs> the lore is that like Eddie and 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 Frankenfurter had like a thing like they were like connected mm-hmm. and and but there were parts of Eddie he didn't like so that's why he cut him up and took half of his brain he wanted the half that was in love with Frankenfurter not the other half that was a rebellious fucking bad boy on a motorcycle 
Dude, I have so, so much dumb. notes on this song. It's fucking dumb. So, like, well, first of all, first of all, this is a dope song. This is good old fashioned rock and roll. Like through it's through. good rock and roll. Yeah, good rock and roll. There's nothing wrong with this. This should be your two B. You are stupid if you think otherwise. You probably have a gash in your head from falling down and hitting your head on the dumb <laughs> rock that you fell on. But so, like, in the early stages of production here, Richard O'Brien had doubts. <laughs> he had doubts Meatloaf could even do this part well because of the amount of words that are in Meatloaf's part. Like the English performance, the, the English production over in, in, in merry old England, the, mm-hmm. the they could never get all of the artists to do to fit all the words in properly. It just sounded weird, or they would omit words because they couldn't do it. So Richard O'Brien gives them to Meatloaf. And this is part of like the fucking thirty minute doc that I watched uh, on Meatloaf. Just this one song, essentially. Oh my god! And, <laughs> I love it so much. And and Meatloaf says, "Yeah, like Richard O'Brien handed me the script and said, hey, don't worry about it. Like nobody can get it right the first time. It takes like a lot of practice, and there's a lot of words, and and like nobody's ever really said all the words. We just kind of like half ass it and goofball it. And Meatloaf looks at it and says, I, I can do this. Like, what are you talking about? Of course I can do this. Fucking per first try." Belts it out perfectly. God tier. Meatloaf is God tier. Straight up. And then it's a shame that he his character had such a small role. So like also, one of the smallest roles in the entire movie. Also, in every other production of this movie, great uh Dr. Scott and Eddie are played by the same person. Right? Because they're related. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're related. Yeah, they're uncle and nephew. So like the joke is as the audience, like, oh, they look the sim they look very like that looks like the other fucking actor. And come to find out that's his uncle. Okay. Ha ha ha! Right, that's funny, but they wouldn't yeah. let him do it. They they said no. I wonder why? Just in the movie, because in the stage production, they're the same character. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wonder why in the movie they they decided not to do that. And like I I've I've watched like a lot of things about Meatloaf, especially since he's he, he died. What is all the noise over there? What is going on? There's no noise. I hear a lot of noise. What are you hearing? I hear like. Well, now there's nothing, but I hear like a, a keyboard. Are you playing a keyboard? No, I'm not playing a keyboard. No. Do you, is it do this? you have a keyboard? In... Is it that? Yeah, it could be shuffling, maybe. Okay, I don't know what it is. Well, you just did it. You said, "Is it this?" And you did a noise. Well, because well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't the noise that you heard. So. I don't know. I don't know what you're hearing. I really have no you're idea doing. What you're, you're doing some. There's some noise you're doing. You're playing a keyboard. I'm not even. I'm, or... I'm literally not even moving. I have my 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 arms crossed. I'm not doing anything. Oh, now you're mad. Now you're, now you're fucking mad. Is what you're saying. <laughs> I swear I'm not doing anything. Are you are, are you writing your memoirs? Like what is all the noise <laughs> going on over there? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> no, I'm not doing anything. So back back to Meatloaf. Back to Meatloaf. Yeah, so so um, like I said, Eddie and, and Dr. Scott were played by the same person all the time. Meatloaf was really bummed. And like I said, I've never heard him say anything nasty about anybody. And it wasn't really nasty, but he said that he still, before he died, he, he still kind of held like a little grudge for not being able to play Dr. Scott in the uh, movie production. He said that, that he could have so killed cool. it. And and he said like the guy did a great job because people you have to say that right you have to oh the guy did a really good job he had to say that but he was like but honestly like I I'm I'm still mad that I did not I was not able to do Doctor Scott because that would been fucking dope and then he gets into the fact that uh, not only was this entire scene just riddled with problems just fuck ton of problems people getting hurt Mm -hmm. people almost dying but like Meatloaf. This was the first time that he saw what was happening 
overall. Because when, when he first got hired for this, he was a nobody. He just got out of hair. Like, yeah, he was a good guy. Like, people know who he is, but he, he's, he's nobody. He's nobody. Yeah. And so they're paying him like 250 bucks a week to be in this show. And they're singing songs, but there's no dialogue yet. They're just singing songs, and they don't know what it's for. They know what the plot of the, the stage production is for. And so the first time that he sees what is happening is right after they, they finish doing this and Tim Curry comes out and does his like his his thing. And and like normally during this time, everyone's kind of just in like their plain clothes, right? You're rehearsing, you don't need to dress up constantly for this. So you're just you're in your plain clothes. But yeah. Tim Curry comes out fucking full costume. Just <laughs> panties, fishnets, hair, makeup, everything. <laughs> Meatloaf's Meatloaf sees him and fucking books it. He's like, I'm done. I'm not doing this shit. I'm out. <laughs> fucking leaves. Oh leaves to production after he sees Tim Curry in full costume. And then, like according to him, it's supposedly he was so distraught that he actually got like a jaywalking ticket on Hollywood Boulevard because he just bolted out into street into the street to where cars had to like stop and a motorcycle cop pulled him over gave him a jaywalking ticket as like everybody's <laughs> chasing like dude don't leave no no it's okay like it's not as bad as you think it is it's a joke it's funny it's supposed to be like campy and silly and yeah. it's it's just like all of these things come together to make me love just just really really come into himself really kind of embrace like the goofiness and so then so then he, he says, okay, we'll, we'll do this. It's not a big deal. I'll, I'll, I, I will tolerate this as long as possible. And don't forget, this is like the 70s, right? This is, this is not 2022 where like literally yeah. nothing shocks us anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> so in the, in the stage production, like he is, he's dressed as Dr. Scott and he wears fishnets. And he told the story of, of how the first time he really kind of realized how great it was to be laughed at was when he was playing Doctor Scott in the movie Doctor Scott. The, he has the blanket on the on the on his legs. Yeah, until the fishnets and heel. Right, and the blanket falls off, and he sticks his legs up in the air, and he's got fishnets, and then he's got like the long the the, the long high heels, <laughs> the stilettos on. But the first time Meatloaf did it, and the first time like Americans saw what was under Doctor Scott's blanket was Meatloaf, and the blanket fell off. And he put his legs up and the whole, the entire audience just started laughing and busting up. And Meatloaf is a sucker for like cheap shots. He, he He's like a Chris Farley kind of, but a little bit more tactful. He likes, uh-huh. he likes cheap laughs. And he said that like that was the turning point in his career. He decided that he wanted to be like an entertainer and not take himself seriously at all. And he said it was so great to him that he looked over to Tim Curry, who Tim Curry never breaks character ever. Like, and, and Milo said the entire production of the movie, every time he had never seen Tim Curry ever break character. But that one performance, that first performance when the blanket fell off and the entire <laughs> audience was laughing, he looks over at Tim Curry and Tim Curry's fucking busting up. He cannot control himself. He's laughing. <laughs> That's and, so cool. That is so cool. And like just watching this interview with Meatloaf and just like you can see him just getting like really excited about it and said this was the turning point in my career where I realized I wanted to be a performer and just like who gives a fuck? I want to just have a good time. Yeah, and that's why Bad Out of Hell is so goddamn good. Is because it takes all of these elements, it, but like it puts it into like heavy metal and hard rock, but it doesn't take itself seriously. It's a joke. I, I, I'll listen. I'll listen. I can't guarantee and, anything, but I'll listen. And the last thing Milo said before the interview ended is he said that the the the, the jacket that he wears that that Eddie's jacket, mm-hmm. he even like brought it out. He said, "Check this jacket out. I've had this since day one." Ain't nobody touching this jacket but me. This is my jacket, baby. And interview. So good. 
<laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all I'm team meatloaf through and through now. I clearly yeah, through clearly. and through. <laughs> It Love is it. such a shame though that he didn't get to play Doctor Scott. It it just makes no sense. He would have been movie that so good at it. Yeah, it would have it would have added such a different feel to the second half of the movie. Because I mean, like you and I were talking before we started potting, the second half, I mean, the the movie is very top heavy, Absolutely. and the second half of the movie is I don't want to say forgettable, but it's it's definitely lackluster. <laughs> Compared to the first half, yeah. But had had Meatloaf been Doctor Scott, I feel like it would have given it an entirely different feel. Not to say, like you said, not to say that the guy who played Doctor Scott was bad at all, but Meatloaf would have brought a totally different thing to it for sure. It's like the difference of of, of wondering what would happen if Vincent Price played the uh, the criminologist, the, the criminologist. Like, yeah, yeah, like the, yeah, the guy was great. Like, that's cool seeing him. He did a fantastic job, but. Holy fuck, Vincent Price? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that would have been unreal. Come on, <laughs> stupid talk, silly boy talk. Yeah, there. straight silly boy talk for sure. So then, all right. also, all the, yeah, we haven't even played it. We haven't even played hot potato or hot patootie yet. Hot potato. Yeah, everything here. Let's play it. Let's talk about <laughs> it. You hate it? It's fine. So here's a here's hot patootie from uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. There you go, Hot Patootie, Bless My Soul, from Meatloaf, from the so Rocky Horror Picture Show. God damn good. It is very good. No, it's very good, very rock and roll like we were talking about. It's not very Absolutely. good. I don't, you keep saying these words that are just vomit. Like they're not, It's not very good. It's so freaking good. It's better <laughs> than what you were, you were listing it as. It's not a B? I don't understand. It's good. It's, it's not a B, but it's very good. What is not good. B about this? Okay, it's a B. Fine, 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 fine. It's a B. It's a B. It should it's be a your banger. Tubi. It's no. It's definitely not my two B. No, no way. There's no other no song on here that's probably like it's probably Janet. Like, Damn it, Janet. That's probably your fucking. That's tubi. a good song. That you're that is cuck. a B, but it's not my two B. No, no. 
Oh. God damn, this is a good song. <laughs> it is good. It's great. It's, All right, it's, so we got anything? What? I have so much. I have so much more to say about well, this. Are you kidding I mean, me right yeah, now? If we got more, if we Jesus. got more, let's get into it. Jesus H Christ. Uh, so like, let's let's talk about like um uh the problems that that this supposedly happened with this here. So like, we're talking okay. like people falling off high ledges, motorcycles pinning people down, uh, <laughs> gashes on heads, on arms. So so to like to help with the danger of close ups, right? So Meatloaf Meatloaf can't ride for shit. And the ice that he breaks through was made of ice and wax. Oh, they actually and use real ice? They use real ice and then oh, like coated it with God. wax. And so <laughs> like if you think riding on on like really cold water and then wax on a motorcycle, like you're gonna get zero traction. Yeah. So when Meatloaf is riding the motorcycle, there's the it's he's fishtailing the whole time. The back tires is spinning, he's getting no traction. <laughs> so they eventually just had a stunt man crash through and then they close up Meatloaf. But then, like, the whole part where he's going up and down, they, they told Meatloaf, they, hey, dude, like, can you just go up and down the whole, like, stage? And Meatloaf is like, no, I don't fucking ride a motorcycle. I can't do that. And so <laughs> they, they had, like, the stunt guy do it. But they needed those close-ups. They needed those close-ups of Meatloaf. So they got a wheelchair, and they essentially took apart the entire motorcycle, the top, the handlebars, the windshield, the speedometer, everything, and they put it on top of the wheelchair. They had meatloaf hold on to it, and then they like they pushed the wheelchair up and down. But the problem so was com- coming down the ramp. It wasn't like a fluid like like if you ever been if, if we were in drama together and we've seen set designs and they don't yeah, like, yeah. apparently don't they don't get much better. But the transition <laughs> from a, a downhill into flat ground is not a, a a gradual thing like you would see on yeah, on yeah. the highways. It's it's straight fucking down and there's a there's a hard angle there and so the being the 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 motorcycle dashboard is in front of the of the the wheelchair it's very top heavy so meatloaf is coming down the ramp right his his body double sees this happening and holy fuck he's gonna eat shit and so he leaps up to go help and like stop the whole thing because he knows meatloaf's gonna eat shit as he's running over there his his fucking stunt double like falls down breaks his leg Falls on the floor and is this ne- is now like I don't know if he broke his femur, but like Meatloaf didn't like specify, but he's yeah. now like screaming in pain, like oh my fucking leg, my fucking leg, and everyone is kind of still oh, singing fuck. along, snapping their fingers and shit, and looking at him while Meatloaf is still going down the hill. So Meatloaf hits that 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 angle going down the hill, obviously drives right into the ground. The camera that they position on the front of the wheelchair now smashes into pieces. The windshield shatters. Milov gets this huge gash over his head right where like the actual gash was in the makeup. Yeah. Fucking rips his arm open. Gets all fucked up. He's bleeding everywhere. All the while this guy who's trying to save Milov is writhing in pain on the ground screaming, my leg, my leg is broken. All this Holy happens. Shit. All within probably... Five seconds. <laughs> Within five <laughs> seconds. <Yeah. laughs> and then after this, it's wild. After this, when they when they decided they were going to try and like film this scene properly and then finish it, the stunt man like there's a part where where the motorcycle kind of stops at the top of the of the hill there, whatever the hill is in the set. You know, like mm-hmm. it's yeah. yeah. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So the stunt man stops there at the top of the hill, loses his balance, fucking falls off of the ledge. With the motorcycle, oh, the motorcycle smashes him. 
So he's laying there, just fucking sprawled out, arms out, like Jesus Christ on the middle of the fucking floor. Motorcycle is pinned on top of him. Meatloaf is the one that runs over and picks up the motorcycle off of him. And Meatloaf says, I remember distinctively, I looked down at this guy, and the stuntman is not moving. He's not moving a muscle. Oh, fuck. He's like, I thought he was fucking dead. So he opens his eyes, and slowly he starts to move, and then he gets up, and he's fine. But I guess what the stunt guy said is when you do enough stunts like this, because your body goes into shock, if you get hurt really bad, it's hard to tell yeah. if you're actually in pain. So like, I guess like an old stuntman trick is you lay there, and you slowly go from your toes to your, your calf to oh, your knees, and you yeah. slowly start to like move all of your muscles all the way up your body to make sure that you're even able to walk away from this. Holy shit. For this one <laughs> fucking scene. For this one <laughs> stupid scene, all this happened. Fuck, man. I remember even thinking in the movie there there's shots of like, you know, all the the people up on the on the ledge and there's the safety bar, but then there's one part where there's the ladder that goes down and there's no bar. And I kept thinking there's like three people right there that could easily fall off. And when you kind of get like a more a more a shot that's more like a, a wider shot, you could tell that's a pretty high ledge. Yes. And even watching it, I, I felt like, dude, anybody could fall at any moment off of that, that ledge if they're not being careful. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem like a very safe place to be. I mean, nothing about this movie seemed very safe. Because like we said, it, was, it seemed very bootleg. I mean, it was very bootleg. Yeah, I mean, but. we're talking like like OSHA wasn't even fucking. I mean, I, I think OSHA was invented in the seventies, actually. But like, even if it was invented in the seventies, but this is in England. OSHA has, this yeah, this wasn't in the states. This is in England. This is yeah, like a whole exactly. Other, there, there's no yeah, there's no rules over there. Exactly. There's 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 no inspectors here. There's there's no somebody to say, oh, that really needs to be exactly three inches higher than where it is right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that one fucking thing, dude. All this stuff happened, but God, this song is so fantastic. It is a perfect rock and roll song. Milov slays. He fits all of these words in, and then I thought, like, how could you not fit all these words in? It's it's such an easy song to fit all these words in. Well, I don't know. Maybe England didn't really fully understand like the rock and roll thing at the time. I mean, rock and roll coming in the fifties and the sixties, <laughs> like they had their Beatles and stuff, but like the Beatles aren't rock and roll. It's trash music, trash music. Oh my God. So now we're getting a real rock and roll, like meatloaf coming in and slaying a song like this. A real Bam, rock baby. and roll like meatloaf. Beatles were not rock. Beatles were never rock and roll. They never pretended to be rock and roll. They were never rock and roll. What? <laughs> makes did, no you, sense. Did, did you not hear me? Do, do I need to turn my mic up? I don't, did you, what part of that did you not understand? I mean, that, that's just a silly boy thing to say. Beatles that's were never I mean. rock and roll. What Beatles were no. never rock and roll. Beatles never pretended to be rock and roll. They mimicked rock and roll, but they were never rock and roll. How were they not rock and roll? Like this, watch. What Ready? made them not rock and uh, roll? They were not rock and roll like that. That's how they were not rock and roll. <laughs> I love it. I love that there's no explanation there. Just uh, false claims. I mean, um, they never claimed to be rock and roll. They they claimed to be like pop rock and, you know, they're pop and act. rock and they're roll the, too. That's fine. They're a pop sensation, but that's okay. That's fine. Uh, you know, songs like Helter Skelter, yeah, that's not rock and roll. Not a good song, but still rock and roll. Um, the worst song right, so ever. Do we have anything? Yeah, it's a terrible record. Uh, do we have anything left on Hot Patootie? Hot Patootie. No, that's it. Hot Patootie. <laughs> okay. So that was your 2B. Uh, let's get into my to be, which we should all should we should all show. We should also talk about Tim Curry. We've talked about him a little bit, but he's truly the great the greatest part of this movie, this whole production. And my second favorite song is "Sweet Transvestite." I mean, that song. 
<laughs> just lyrically how stupid it is, but how he per- portrays it vocally, um, performance-wise, I think it is just so it's so perfect. Like I mean, when when the song starts, even like pre- like just preceding the song starting, you see him, you see the elevator coming down, and you see his his heel like going up, like his him lifting his foot on beat, like just that introduction to him was just so so perfect and then he turns around really quick and then the lyrics start and then and then janet screams and it it's a great introduction to this fucking character the best character in this entire movie this this song is the reason why tim curry is is like like legend because Mm -hmm. there's this song is dumb like it's 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 not even like the catchiest song it's not like the best song but tim curry makes it so goddamn good. He is so cocky. He is so pompous. <laughs> he's so full of himself that you can't yeah, help but yeah. love it. He's but he's so endearing about it. And he is. And there's so much breaking of the fourth wall. But like that oh, matches yeah, the, the character of Frankfurter. Like that's God, he looks at the character of the camera fucking constantly. Yeah, not even just in the song, but like throughout the entire movie. <laughs> he, he constantly Always. breaks the fourth wall. But it was it, but he doesn't do it like in a way where it makes it look bad. Like he does it in a very snarky way, and I mean he just absolutely kills it. I mean, and it, like you said, the, the lyrics are are stupid and cheesy, but he does it so well in his in, in how pompous he is and arrogant he is. My my favorite and, part of and, the song yeah. is is when he says anticipation, but he draws out the he says antissa and then draws it out patient. Yeah, like oh dude. And then it, sh- it shows like it shows it, it shows other characters, other shots of the characters before he hits the uh, the patient yeah, part of that's, it. That's that's a look at my face every fucking time. That that oh, 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 like that that <laughs> O face. Like that's that's what I'm doing the entire time. <laughs> Perfect. And then and then also like if you've never seen this movie, especially when you're I mean, you know, I was, you know, 13, 14 when I first saw this movie, and this is, you know, the early 2000s so you know this kind of stuff was still very taboo and i remember the song when it would happen and then he pulls open the robe and what he's wearing you know the corset oh dude the, the pearl necklace the panties the mind-blowing like, what I was am like, i looking what at f- what is this like i couldn't believe it like it was so outrageous and like it was like, should I be watching this? Am I allowed to be watching this? So many. Like, I've questions. heard my parents talk. Ab- I've heard my parents talk about this movie, but am I allowed to watch it? It was. Uh, it was quite the the spectacle. But you know, as you get older, you start to understand, and you know, as t- times have changed, you're like, this is like nothing. <laughs> like especially nowadays, like that right there is nothing. But then some other scenes throughout the movie you're like wow the, that shit would not fly nowadays especially but, like like the like the serious damn near rape of of like of brad and janet, janet and yeah brad. like that yeah like that one for me i was like damn that is like not okay that is fucking weird yeah it's not and then even to the point like like think of, okay think of this in 1975 like when he goes into brad's room and he pretends to be janet but then you know brad realizes it's actually frankenfurter and then he goes down on Brad like he, he's he like does. about to yeah. you know suck him off and it's just like whoa this is 1975 and you're putting out a movie into movie theaters that's not like a like a porn movie or a smut movie or something you're just doing this and getting away with it and it's just it's just so crazy and that all the actors were were like into it or at least you know tolerable of it 
I, it's shocking that that you know they got away with what they did in 1975. That was very that that was very aggressive because it does show him go down, and because of like their silhouettes, you you assume that they're actually touching in some capacity. Yeah, because yeah. their silhouettes are the same size and they're kind of the same size in real life. They're both pretty tall, and so when he goes down, you're like, holy fuck, they. It's not like a, 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 a trick of, of like one person standing far back and one person standing closer. Like they're they're right on top of each other. Yeah, and then even the way like I noticed with the way Tim Curry like grabbed both of the actors and like pulled them toward him like he was about to, you know, like go the full the full Nelson. Like I it's just dude, at that time I can't believe that that went that that was okay at the time cuz yeah, especially now. I mean even now that that's questionable. That's straight up like that's straight up rape. I mean, that, that, that what is. He does to Jan- I mean, he takes Janet's virginity. I mean, that I don't know. It's, it's such crazy. A, it's such a weird like gray area because she eventually relents, but mm-hmm. like that first part is just like, what are you doing? Like, why, why? Why is this happening? I know it's it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> it's a wild movie. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, back back to Sweet Transvestite. I mean, should we play a little bit of the song and then talk about it more? What do you think? I, I mean, I definitely want to play it. But um, yeah, I don't fuck it. Let's play it. So here it is uh, from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Sweet Transvestite. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dime because when you not. He thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day. But by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual. Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme, maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. There you go, sweet transvestite from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, musically on this one too. I mean, it kind of has that very loose, swingy blues rock. It's a very blues rock song, and it's dude, it's so good. Just taking Tim Curry out of it, it's still a solid fucking song. It's a good song. Every single one of these songs could be a good rock and roll song on their own. Some of them have like the gospel elements. Some of them have like rhythm and blues elements. Some of them have like country swing to them. But they're all on yeah. their own, like good rock and roll songs. 
Yeah, and I mean, that's what I was going to say, too, about the song is, you know, during the chorus, it, when, you know, you have the, the backup singers, like that very R&B, that when they're like, they're harmonizing, not harmonizing, but they're they're doing the backup vocals of the, of saying Sweet Transvestite along with uh, Tim Curry. It just, it just sounds so, it's just so good. It's just a really good, well-made song. And then the crazy saxophone solos and... Yeah, it's a uh, it's quite the song, quite the song lyrically, musically. I think it's, I mean, this is up there definitely with Time Warp, for sure. Mm. <laughs> it's it's fucking good, and you know, kind of looking too at the word transvestite. I mean, obviously that's not a word that's appropriate nowadays. Um, so I can't. I mean, I can't imagine them trying to do something like this nowadays. I mean, with the terminology and everything like that. I mean. In the in the song, they ref. I mean, they reference transsexual, transvestite. Like those are terms that not are not socially acceptable anymore. I just a lot of shit from this movie would not fly today. Like we were talking about with the rape and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, I mean, this is the least of of like the the problematic. I hate using the word problematic because it's such a stupid word, but. Yeah, this is like the least of it, but it was. I, I mean, know. it's just it's 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 a very different time period, and then like yeah. like discussing like transvestites and like androgynous characters. It's just it's things that we take. I mean, I shouldn't say we because I've realized that coming from Southern California too, like our perception of the world is so accepting. But now moving out here to Arizona, and I, I slowly like seeing <laughs> and talking to these older people that live in the retirement communities that I bartend at. Yeah, and yeah. and they say things like, "Holy fuck, you do people actually think this way?" And like they do, they people fucking do think this way. It's pretty wild, yeah. It's uh, <clears throat> so yeah. I, I don't know. Being from Southern California, I think we are very, very accepting of like all walks of life. Not because like we're accepting it, because we don't fucking care. I don't. I, yeah, like, I, I think that's really I, what it is. Orange County is, Orange County and LA are such like a. It's such a hodgepodge. Riverside, you know, San Diego, all of this shit down here is so. It's such a hodgepodge of people and lifestyles, and like you just you're constantly surrounded by different things, and you have different kinds of friends. Like where you're at, you know, I imagine like your neighbors when they grew up, it was all fucking white people. All white. But people. when we Still were growing white up, people. you know, we it was half you know half Hispanic half white, you know, or not half white, but, you know, Asian, you know, we had all these, these different cultures coming in, but so we, we just grew up in accepting things because who gives a fuck? It doesn't matter. And it's like the difference of, of somebody telling you like, Hey, I am this person. I am this way. This is my lifestyle in Orange County. You say, okay, like, I really don't care Be- yeah, because yeah. like, I don't care. Like, okay, that's fine. I like, yeah, I like turtles. I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I I even remember like in in high school. I mean, I knew people who were gay in high school, and I didn't care. Like most people didn't care. It's not like we don't care because because we're so fucking woke. It's like literally just don't fucking. I don't want to hear about yeah. anybody's life because everybody's boring except for meatloaf now. <laughs> but it was just like, but but we didn't think negatively of the people. Like we didn't judge them for it or judge them negatively for it. Just yeah, don't, you know, don't care, bro. Like what do you? Yeah. Don't care. It's just a, it was just very different growing up here. I feel than than most most parts of the world, really. So, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Sweet whatever. transvestite. Good song. Yeah, 
It's a fucking fantastic song. But like to th- I mean, to I mean, think and- to think that Sweet Transvestite though is almost as as iconic, as good, as memorable, as I don't know, great as Time Warp though. I really think it does. I think that's musically, just silly. I think musically it's up there with Time Warp. I think lyrically it's just as goofy, but still just as good as Time Warp. I think it's super catchy. It has it has the same amount of goofiness, the same amount of catchiness musically. I think it's it's on par with each other. Yeah, one's faster, but even than like, the other, but this one's way groovier. Dude, Time Warp is just it's transcendent. Warp, being like no, I, like a good song, it's now iconic. It's now it's now legendary. It's historic. You play Time Warp for someone who's never seen Rocky Horror, and they'll think like, yeah, I this song sounds familiar. I know this song. I, I know this song. But you be playing Sweet Transvestite. No way. No way. Why? Well, yeah, no, I understand that. I'm not saying it's better or on par with it, but it's it's damn close. And the only thing that doesn't make it as good is is the lyric. I mean, I don't want to say as good, but you know, less accepting or less acceptable in society is the lyrics. That's the only thing that I I mean sets it apart. Don't I don't say that that I I, I would just say that it's not as good as Time Warp because Time Warp is so fucking good. Like Sweet Transvestite. Sweet again, like the first half of this 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 album, this this record, this this play, this show, this movie, it's just. It's untouchable. It's fucking untouchable. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it too, you get time warp, and then a few minutes later, you get sweet transvestite. Like, there's very, there's very little time between the two songs. Yeah. In the in the production, you know, in the movie or play, I think in the play too, but in the movie at least, there's yeah, there's like no, there's very little time in between the two songs. So you're just, it's like that one-two punch, and I feel like it's a great, it's a great transition. It's a great flow into the actual main story of it because you're getting the introduction with time warp you're getting the introduction of where the st- where the story is going where- with the setting of it, of it and then sweet transvestite you're getting introduced to the main character and then from there then you're you're just developing the story a little bit more even though it doesn't have too much of a story what i did want to say too how i think one of the reasons why i mean we kind of touched upon it but one of the big reasons why this was so popular especially this movie was because of who it um, who was drawn to it? Like, like you were saying, you know, the outcasts, the people who, who didn't really fit in, and and all that. But then also, you know, in the seventies and the eighties, you know, the 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 gay community and and the trans community and all that stuff. You know, that was very. This is a very important movie for them because this, this showed like a different style, different lifestyle, essentially, a different way of viewing people, and not necessarily judging them and. I mean, that's. I think that's another reason why this is so, has been so popular since it came out in '75. So almost what fifty? Was it fifty years ago? Sixty? No, fifty years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fifty years ago in a few years. Fifty fucking years ago. Yeah. So, Which I don't. I again, I don't think that this movie does does a good job at that. But I don't think the movie set out to do that. I think this movie set out to do something shocking, and it, oh, yeah, it got totally picked did. up by said community, and said community decided like, hey, we are going to own this movie now. And it became norm. Like everybody else said, you know what? Yeah. Okay. I see what you're getting now, but that's not what this movie intended to do. This movie did not, this movie's not woke. This movie was intended to shock. Tim Curry aside, this movie's not very good. It just really is not. It's it's stupid. The acting's not great. The the, the movements are janky. The stage, like the, the way they move, they're moving as if they are on a stage. And so there's a lot of yeah. hand movements, like Brad, the, the actor that, that plays Brad, he's using his hands in way bigger fashion than you would in a movie because that's the way you do it on stage. You, you, you overdo yeah, it's everything. it's a very different kind of acting. Yeah. It's silly. It's stupid. 
but th- like like it was picked up by a community and owned by that community, which is great, and that's what makes it iconic. But that's not what the intention was. So I don't want to give too much credit to O'Brien because that's not what he intended no, I, to do. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily giving credit to him. I'm just saying the the impact that it's had on, you know, a part of society. Right. I, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because I, I I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think that was ever his intention. I, his intention was to shock people, and that I think that was it, honestly. And to just like kind of make a movie to make him and his friends laugh. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Like. Not 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 at the the gay community, but at laughing at the you know them making fun of the B movies and everything like that, and then throwing in, you know, the sexually provocative stuff to make it edgy, to make a to make it shock shocking. Right. But I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. It wasn't for anything other than that. And it was just it get, you know it got taken over, and that's solid. Like who cares? They, yeah, you, it's great. <laughs> you, yeah, people can take over the fuck they want. This is subjective art. I I, I think I think overall it, this this whole thing is a lot of fun. But especially the first half. But uh, let, let, let's get into another song. Uh, I think we kind of kind of drained this one, right? Let's this get let's, at, at least we have to talk about science fiction and damage in it. Like at, at minimum. Uh, wait, what songs? Science fiction, the, the science fiction double feature. Oh yeah, and yeah, then yeah, damage yeah, in the opening. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Like the opening, yeah, the opening <laughs> track to the movie. Like it's just it's it's just lip singing the tune. You you like imagine going to the movie theaters and you're like, okay, oh, this new movie come out. It's just lips. You know like, what the fuck is this? What am I watching here? This track also <laughs> had a really hard sympathy for the devil feel to it for me. Did you get any of that? So? No. The way it rolls, I mean, it's, very, it's it's kind of, it's kind of folky and and kind of so is not sympathy, what you sympathy for the devil. Sympathy for the devil is also very folky. It's got yeah, that very kind is. of like percussion vibe to it. Very soft guitars. This is a very like. Now that I've said this, if you go back and listen to it, think of Sympathy for the Devil Stones in Your Mind. You're a fan than I am. I mean, I mean, yeah, I know that you song You love, well. come on, that's a top three Stones song for you. You only know three Stones song, but that's your top three for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good song, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I can't make that connection with, with this song. It's just easy, easy acoustic guitar behind cool vocals. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you yeah, need. That's true. That's true. There's vocal squeals in here. Those are funny. And kind of reading about it too, I guess that was the the mouth itself was Patricia Quinn, the the one who plays Magenta. Yeah. But then the voice is the voice itself is Richard O'Brien. Right. So they dubbed his voice over her. So I that that, that, that was like a, something a cool little thing to throw out there. I felt like I Richard O'Brien like fought hard to make it make himself in this movie more than than everybody else wanted him to be in this movie. That's how I feel about it too. Which is, it's totally it's his fucking, it. it's his play, right? Like, it's his decision, yeah. whatever, that's fine. But I did feel like he pressed it hard. I mean, I, I feel like if they had cast somebody else as a riffraff, it would have been totally okay. Yeah. Like, it, it's, he's, I understand, like, he's a necessary character for the story, but, but not his him. portrayal's good, but, I mean, anybody could have played it. a throwaway character. I mean, he, his, yeah, his, well, his, and his performance was good, but it wasn't, it didn't shine like Tim Curry's. So, you could replace riffraff with, with a lot of different people, I'm sure, but I don't know, whatever. But it, like you said, it, it's his play. But then also, most playwrights they don't they don't put themselves in their own place. No, you know, that, that's kind of not the point of being a playwright. You 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 cast other people to play the characters that you wrote. So it's I don't want to say arrogant, but it's a little arrogant. But uh, should we play a little bit of this song? Yeah, science fiction. All right, here we go. Here's the here's the opener to the entire movie from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Thank you. 
But he told us where we stand And Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear Claude Rains was the invisible man Then something went wrong For Fay Ray and King Kong They got caught in a celluloid jam Then at a deadly pace It came from outer space And this is how the message ran we go science fiction double feature from the rocky horror picture show the opener the opening sequence to this movie <clears throat> now going into this thinking of sympathy for the devil i can totally hear what you're saying but it's very it, you really have to kind of be thinking about it okay i i, I mean uh, I, I didn't i didn't think of that going into this it was just something that popped into my head as i was listening to it yeah but it's there right it, it only in the only in the guitar playing, only the guitar playing. Yeah. But that that's it. I feel vocally like the way Mick Jagger sings it. It's like more of like an O sound. It's like oh, uh, like how he does like like he has more of that that swoon to his voice. Yeah. So vocally, it, I I don't hear it, but the guitar, that strumming pattern is is kind of similar. Even though sympathy is faster, but the strumming pattern is very is kind of reminiscent of it. I I can I see what you mean. Yeah. I do. See, I'm right. Always right. But I will say this song. This is the only song on the entire soundtrack that could have been like a proper song on the radio at the time. Like this could have easily been a pop hit, you know, is, uh, like in the six, like 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 if it was like late sixties. Because I hear a lot of Bob Dylan in this as well, but like better than Bob Dylan. Um, mm. But this is like something that could have been popular in the late sixties for sure, like in the folk the folk pop scene. Which is interesting really well because this is uh, this is the only song on the album that was covered by the uh, the greatest cover band on earth, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Yeah. <laughs> so there's well, something there. This is a good song. This is a good song. <laughs> That's the last album that I need by by, by Me First, and I'm and I'm good with Me First. Is that, Which one is it? It's it's all of their show tunes. It's called our 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 me oh. first. And the gimme is R A drag, and it's just show. Oh, okay, it's all yeah, show tunes. Yeah. But after that, I'm good. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, do we have anything left on science fiction on this song? Um, no, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Okay, and then you we we wanted to get into Damn It, Janet as well. Yeah, I think that's that's a really important song too. It is. I mean, kind of what it was. It was kind of I don't want to say foreshadowing, but you know, in the movie. You know, when when the friends are getting married in the in the background, 
it's Tim Curry and then Richard O'Brien and what's her name? Uh, Patricia Quinn. Dude, but like They're Tim Curry, fuck the way he, the way he he stares at the camera and then he yeah. stares off like you and he's like visibly taller than everyone. Which is, he's not that much taller <laughs> in real life than everybody, but like the yeah. way he's visibly taller than everybody, it's hilarious. And then. Halfway through, all he does is just face the door. He has his back yeah. turned the entire time. The only person <laughs> with his back turned the entire fucking time. It's fucking weird. And then, and then you know the uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard O'Brien w- holds the uh, the pitchfork mm. to kind of like show like you know the painting. American that's Gothic. In the house. Yeah, then the that painting's in the house, and then at the very end, the weapon he uses to kill Frankenfurter is the the laser with. Like that's shaped like a pitchfork. You know what's so, you, I mean, it, you know what's super interesting about American Gothic too is you like that painting, right? The farmer and his wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not his wife; it's his daughter. Hmm? That painting is a farmer really? and his daughter. I did not know that. And because just like again, it's just for whatever reason, it's widely accepted that American Gothic that painting is a farmer and his wife. And so just that kind of like subtle perverseness of that is just so perfect with this movie because why do we automatically assume that's his wife? Right. Yeah. I never, I never knew that. I always thought it (laughs) was. That's a farmer and his daughter. (laughs) So good. Isn't there a song too about a farmer and a daughter? A farmer and his wife. The farmer, hi, ho, the dairy, yo, the farmer and his wife. Is that the song? Is that? Yeah. It's like a nursery rhyme thing. But doesn't he say farmer and the daughter? Or maybe I'm just thinking that now because of what you told me. It's possible. Farmer and his daughter. It's on the same ring. I don't know. Hi, hill, the dairy, yo, the farmer and his cow. It could be anything, I guess, really. No, you're right. It's farmer and his wife. The, the song is farmer and his wife. Farmer I was just. Yeah. yeah. It's I, farmer and his wife. Yeah. That nursery rhyme. Yeah, that painting is a farmer and his daughter. And I thought it was just so good. The pervasiveness, pervasive, pervasiveness of this movie. Per, no, 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 no. Perverse. perverse, perverse nature. I'm just making up words here. Pervasiveness. Yeah, pervasive. No, pervasive is a word. But pervasiveness could be a word. Pervasiveness. But perverse would be would be better. Like the pervasive. The perverse tone nature. Of this movie. Yeah, the perverse tone of this movie fit yeah. with the American Gothic theme of everybody assuming that it's the farmer and his wife, but now it's the farmer and his daughter, and that kind of puts a different spin on American Gothic. It makes it even more perverse knowing that also that that the characters of Riff Raff and Magenta are brother and sister. Yeah. Because throughout the movie, you kind of assume they're, they're like husband and wife, or they're like lovers at least. Yeah. But they're brothers and sisters, even though that even though in the movie they say that they're brother, and, like they, it's mentioned that they're brother and sister. I know. I, I, I never knew that until this week. I didn't know that they were brother and sister until this week. And then when I read that they actually say it, it's like, holy fuck, they actually mm-hmm. do like tell you that they're brother and fucking sister. Yeah. It's like they, they try to push all the buttons <clears throat> the, all the the you know the the shock buttons in this movie, damn it, Janet, damn that, it, that Janet, is, <laughs> and also to kind of, I mean you start the song with science fiction, which is great, and then the next song you're essentially using a curse word, you're using the word damn it, like nobody uses the word damn, like maybe damn, at the time you know, but using the word damn it, that's like, that's like a curse word in the sense that's aggressive, you know? that is, that is aggressive, and to have that as the title of the song, damn it, Janet. And then, but using it in using it in a loving and endearing way, like "Damn it, Janet, I love you." Dude, <laughs> like the it's, monotone, it's cool man. The monotone Janets from like the the Harms from the American yeah. Gothic Harm family, like that's the best part. 
Jane Ayer. Yeah, I know. Jane that, like, that is the best part. So good. It's so it's so like Shirelles. It's so it's so like fifties doo wop era. It's so back of vocals. It's it's so it's so perfect. It's like setting up it this is. movie to be perfect rock and roll. <laughs> and like thinking like Lou Adler, dude, like Lou Adler had the fucking hand in rock and roll history. Like the dude set up Monterey Pop Festival. Like he, he I know, I had no idea. He I, knows I even, what rock and roll is. God, it's so good. It's like the, that's what I'm saying. Like the movie itself is it's good. It's all right. It's good. Yeah, it's but good. Like everything else is fucking exceptional. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. All right, so I'm going to play a little bit of Damn It, Janet from uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Here we go. Hey, Janet. Yes, Brad? I've got something to say. Uh-huh. I really love the skillful way you beat the other girls to the bride's bouquet. Uh. But I swam it Janet The future is ours So let's plan it Janet So please Don't tell me to can it Janet I've one thing to say And that's Damn it Janet I love you The road was long But I ran it Janet There's a fire in my heart And you fan it Janet If there's one fool for you Then I am it Janet I've one thing to say And that's Damn it Janet I love you the ring to prove that I'm no joker. There's three ways that love can grow. That's good, bad, or mediocre. J-A-N-E-T, I love you so. Oh, it's nicer than Betty Monroe has. A rat. Now we're engaged and I'm so glad. You met mom and you know dad. Oh, One thing to say and that's bad. I'm mad for you too. Oh, Brad. Oh, damn it. There you go. Damn it, Janet from the Rocky Horror Picture Janet. Show. I also like the, the Obrad, the, the monotone Obrads. <laughs> That one's just as good as the, the, the damn it, or the Janet. Yeah, Brad. <laughs> it's good. Oh boy, it's what a stuff. song! What a movie! It's 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 uh it's something else. That's true. Uh, okay, so do we, do you have any other songs you want to talk about? <coughs> in particular? I did take a little bit of tahini when we were in a little uh, listening <laughs> to the song. So your sinuses and mouth is on fire. Yeah, it's a little spicy. There's a good um, idea. So, like, for one, Brad stopped short with Janet on this one, on Damn It, Janet. Mm-hmm. He uh, he stopped short with her, which is kind of funny because I guess that's the thing that's been going on since the, the, the dawn of cars, stopping short with somebody in the whatever. And then he, uh, this is afterwards, uh, this is after, like, the Damn It, when they're in the, the rain, the, the the rain scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I thought that was kind of funny. And then it was it was a funny part because after the tire blew, the first thing Brad says he says he says, "Damn it, we should have gotten that spare tire fixed." It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you, it's it's so <laughs> stupid to me. It is. 
Like, why did you not get it fucking... F- I don't know. It's just... I mean, the, the meticulous... Well, they're young kids. They're young, stupid kids. Which which I think, like, Susan Sarandon is, is not, like, an unattractive woman, but she does not look like a young woman in this movie. She just, she's one of those actresses no. that have always looked a little bit older. Then, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like I, she, I mean, I think she's very pretty. I've always thought she was very, very pretty. But she's but never I agree looked with like, you. like she 22. never looked young. She looks like she's yeah. like thirty in this. But then she—it's funny. Like even when you look at her now, she still doesn't look super old. No, like, she's like Morgan Freeman. Like she just hit that like sweet <laughs> spot and stayed there. Yeah, she's always kind of looked the same age. Denzel, you know? Morgan Freeman, Susan Sarandon—they all Martin, hit that. Stephen Martin, dude. Steve, too, yeah, like Steve Martin was was <laughs> was. Uh, he almost was in this movie. Was he really? Yeah. Who's he gonna play? He was gonna play. He was gonna play Brad. Okay, so I. I've been so weird. That would have been. That would have been way too goofy. So so Steve, Steve Martin, Martin as Brad. Brad. Mick Jagger wanted to. Play, he asked to play uh, Frankenfurter. Mick Jagger. Oh God. I know. That would have been terrible. Come on, guy. Terrible. Pass. Hard pass. Ugh. Yeah, like I don't. I honestly. I mean, I really can't think of anybody who could have played Frankenfurter better than Tim Curry. No. Like there's nobody. I mean, it's just, it's too good. It's it's Tim Curry is too good. It it hits. I don't know. It it arrives that line of good performance with fantastic charisma. Yeah. And yeah. and like Steve Martin is, I think he has he has fantastic charisma, but I don't think he's like a good performer. He's like a yeah. Dad. You're right. Yeah. But he's more like it's more. He's more of a goofy character, like. Tim Curry can play a serious, a very serious role and be intimidating, you know, but Steve Martin can't. And that, that's kind of the charm of Frank Inferno. Like you don't, you don't know if he's like menacing or if he's just goofy and stupid. Even when he stabs fucking Eddie to death with a pickaxe, like you still kind of like, yeah. is, this, is this a joke? Like what's going on here? I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know what I'm supposed to think. Uh, that's true. Oh, you know what I'm going to watch tonight after we finish this? Uh. I'm going to watch Clue. I want to watch Clue. That's, that's that's exactly what I would not watch after this tonight. That sounds why it's not Clue. You don't like Clue? It's it's okay, dude. I Clue have, is an amazing I, movie. I don't have a hankering to go watch fucking what? Clue. Clue is like, oh my god, dude, that is such a fucking great movie. When was the last time you watched it? Honestly, probably like twenty years. Oh my god, dude. Seriously? Out of everything we've talked about, though, like like all the meatloaf stuff, like maybe I'll go watch Heavy Metal after this. All the Tim Curry stuff. Maybe I'll go watch Home Alone too after this. I don't know. Everything That's why you watch Clue. About. Tim Curry is the main character in Clue. But it's meatloaf in Clue. We don't need meatloaf. Fuck meatloaf. Oh, easy tiger. Tim, Tim easy Curry. Tiger. Tim Curry is the lead character in Clue. Madeline Kahn is in Clue. I mean, you got so many classic actors, and oh my god, you got to watch Clue. If you haven't, like, honestly, have if you I, haven't watched okay, it in that okay. long, you'll, I mean, you're It better crazy. be fucking like, good. It better be fucking good. You gotta watch it, dude. If it really has been that long, you gotta watch it again to give it a fair shake. If it's on one of the social, or if it's on one of the, 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 the media streaming sites, I'll watch it tonight. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty positive it is. I have it on, I have it on Blu-ray, but... Of course you do. Dude, no. <laughs> I mean, Clue is really good. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, I don't know who what plays you're Colonel thinking. Mustard? Who like, plays Colonel Mustard? Colonel Mustard is uh, is uh, what's his name from? Um, uh, oh my God, what is his name? He's he's been in so many things. He was in Arrested Development. He was in um, as who? Arrested Development. He plays Gene Parmesan, the the PI, oh, the private investigator. Fucking 
secondary character I don't give a shit about. Well, yeah, he's not a main character in it. He's not a main character in anything. Oh. He's a great secondary actor. And then um, Mr. Green is played by uh, uh, the guy from Spinal Tap, the really the pop, the really guy, really popular guy from that that comedy troupe. I can't even remember his name right now either. Uh, you know, I know you would know him. He was in X Files. He was in X Files. He was the remember the episode where where Mulder and the the F, the CIA agent switch bodies. Yeah, yeah, it's that guy. It's that guy. Oh, and then uh, the singer from Fear is in it. He plays Mister Body, but he's only in it for like five minutes. But oh, dude, you got to be kidding me! You got to fucking watch Clue. Oh, maybe so okay good. possible dude you like seriously watch it if you haven't watched it in 15 20 years you gotta rewatch it at least give it another shot oh, it's one of the best whole, it's like a whole bunch of people it, in here it might be like top 20 top 25 movies of all time for me like i love clue oh dude he's, he's in martin mole like we you would never nobody would ever know who the fuck martin mole is but if you Who saw a picture, yeah, he plays he plays Colonel Mustard. But like, if you saw his face, you, oh yeah, I've seen him in a fuck ton of movies. Yeah, yeah, but for sure, nobody I mean, like, knows who fucking Martin Mull is. Yeah, I never know. I never remember his name, but yeah, you know him for sure. Oh, and Christopher Lloyd's in it too. Yeah, duh. What am I thinking? What are you thinking? What are thinking? I, I, it's, it's just an all star cast, and yeah, it's too so, good. Okay. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> if, it, if it's on a streaming site, I'll watch it tonight. Oh my god. Okay, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about it after. Oh, it's on uh it looks like it's on Paramount Plus. So, but we'll talk about it after. Um, um I, all I have is a couple more things and I'm good. Okay. There's only one other song I want to talk about and then we'll wrap it up. What what song? What song? The the or the Tata Touch Me. Ricky Tiki Tavi. Ricky Tiki Tavi. Oh, that's a good book. Yeah, that was that was that was solid. So like like this is a great song. It's fantastic. This is uh, to the stupid sound effects when Doctor Scott's wheelchair is coming down the ramp. It's like those old, like <laughs> those old school planes that are like, <laughs> yeah, then <laughs> it explodes. But it's so loud. Like, why did you put it so loud? It's so stupid. But like, that's. But that was the point. I that's think. the bootleg of it. It's just yeah. yeah it was like, supposed to be campy. And let's do it over the top. Bad. Like I love that part. Was so fucking funny. I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> it's really good. I still make that sound like when people are doing things at work or whatever. I go meow, or if like I'm going behind somebody, <laughs> meow. <laughs> it's such That's a so good dumb. noise. It's so childish too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think I mean I I think Susan Sarandon. I think her voice sounds really good on this entire mo- in this entire movie. And like what you were saying, which I didn't know about, but she was she was a little apprehensive about singing. But I think her voice sounds pretty good. I mean, it's not like perfect or anything. I, but I don't know. I, I think she uh, just. I think she just sings in that like stereotypical female register that everything sounds yeah. okay. But it's also nice to to hear something outside of just like the male voice too. Like it, she's. I mean, not the only one, but I mean, well, the Brad only, too. Brad, the way Brad talks and sings, he's also stereotypical male lead yeah, voice. There's yeah. nothing exciting about him either. That's true. That's true. But this is a, I, I don't know. I like this one. And, and when it goes along with the story too, I mean, at this point she's already kind of lost her virginity to Frank and Furter. And at this point she's just like, she, then she sees the video of, of Brad with Frank and Furter and Frank and Furter smoking a cigarette in bed and Brad's sitting at like the foot of the bed. And she's like, what a, or she like, she does something like really mean about it. She's like, I can't believe Brad did that. And then she goes and has sex with Rocky. 
So. With a with a with a non human thing with like a, a, a yeah. free they covered up his belly button a growth they like put Did makeup they really? yeah they put makeup over his because you never noticed that because he would not have an umbilical cord right as like a as a freak of nature oh, that's true yeah yes yeah, so they yeah, they, that... they put makeup over his belly button <laughs> I never even noticed that holy shit God and those 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 booty shorts that that guy wears are so fucking small. <laughs> like those are the smallest pair of panties I've ever seen, like on another yeah. human being. They might even be the panties might even be smaller than uh, Tim Curry's in that movie. Oh, for sure. And there's there's <laughs> there's multiple nip slips throughout the entire movie because there's oh yeah the tops are too small. I just don't understand how there's no like the nip slip equivalent of like wieners for panties, or, the, or small. at least a ball, or at least some balls. Like you know? how how like you would think. <laughs> Especially it, when the panties are that small, they're so you think there'd be a ball slip or something. Small. But that, I, I remember that there was the big nipple. The big nip slip was when is it the the ending number when they're all on stage and they're singing, and then uh, uh, Columbia, I think it's Columbia, she comes out with the corset and her boobs are just out. Like both boobs are just yeah, out, straight up. You're like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> in the pool, in the pool scene too. Like you know, something's gonna come out in the pool. Because yeah, everyone's yeah. like wrestling and goofing off under the pool, laughing in the pool scene too. There's a bunch of nips that come out in the pool. But that actor that played Rocky recently found those those panties and auctioned oh, them off for like sixty thousand dollars. Holy shit! <laughs> and it was the fucking uh, which pisses me off the most. It was um, what's that stupid restaurant that buys memorabilia? The oh, Planet Rock- Hollywood. Yeah, Planet fucking Hollywood. They're- Is that even still around? I say a couple of years, maybe it was longer than a couple of years, but yeah, no, Planet Hollywood was the one that bought the panties and for sixty oh, to put them in their warehouse. I feel like Planet Hollywood <laughs> is probably still around because they have so much assets. They have a lot of assets. I would, or they just have a lot of shit. Like, I don't even say assets, just stuff. Like, but that's like assets, stuff. though. Like that's that's like yeah, oh, the I panties guess. from fucking Rocky and Rocky Horror. Like that's that's an asset. That's that's worth money. Yeah, I guess Planet Hollywood still exists. At least the one in Vegas, L.A., those still exist. Fuck that place. Overpriced shit. Yeah. And their food sucks, man. Dude, it's trash. Terrible food. It w- and, and Planet Hollywood always, was always like the bootleg Hard Rock. That's the other one. It was Hard Rock Cafe. That's the one I was yeah. thinking of. It's always been like the bootleg Hard Rock. And, the hard, and hard Rock Cafe is fucking stupid, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, speaking of hard rock, this fucking guy Lou Adler, right? He he just decides to to fund the Monterey Pop Festival, and that just so happens to be arguably the most iconic picture in rock and roll history: is Jimi Hendrix lighting his guitar on fire, which happened yeah. at the Monterey Pop Festival. And this fucking butt munch Lou Adler funds that, and ooh, this what this happened, and then pretends like he doesn't know what he's doing with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> But I mean, it did flop, though. That's the thing, too. The movie did flop really bad. But I think he, I think he saw longevity in it, much like, eh. like Hendrix. Like Hendrix, I mean, put on shitty performances. He was sloppy as fuck. But to, but to, but to think, you know, there's something about this kid that I think is going to be historic, legendary. I, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, I think Lou Adler has an eye for legends, or or seeing something that's popular in the underground scene, and then taking advantage, not advantage, but you know, marketing to the underground scene because Hendrix never had any hits while he was alive. He didn't blow up until after he died. Like we talked about on that podcast, like he was, I mean, musicians loved him or they, they were so blown away by him because they were musicians and they understood his talent. But 
the layman person listening to pop radio isn't going to hear that. They're going to hear like sloppiness and just kind of trash. Yeah. And I feel like it was kind of the same way with Rocky Horror. Maybe Lou Adler saw like, okay, yeah, I, I understand this isn't going to be big on a on a mass level, but it's probably going to appeal to a, a smaller audience, but still a lot of people. Maybe he didn't shoot for the big stars, but he shot for the, I don't know, See, something that, a little less. <laughs> I think Lou Adler was in it for the long run. I, I, I think he sees things and says, okay, this is a career rather than a job. He, he sees Rocky Horror Picture Show as, as a 50-year investment as opposed to a three-year investment. He sees like the Monterey Pop Festival, which is essentially like a, a Woodstock part two. Everyone, the, the people that, that passed well, on Woodstock. Monterey was before Woodstock. But like Woodstock became a thing because like nobody knew it was going to happen. Because Monterey. Well, yeah, but I mean, Monterey was like, what, a year or two before? But so, so like Woodstock was huge because nobody knew it was going to happen like nobody think nobody yeah. thought nobody thought anyone was going to show up to woodstock they they accounted for for i don't know forty thousand people right and then, and then half, yeah, a half a million, million showed, showed up yeah and so that but like the monterey pop festival they held it that they they put it on to be a festival they expected people to show up people showed up and that's fine yeah i get it and that's why it's also iconic. But Woodstock is is an anomaly. It's something that will never happen again. It happened one time, ain't gonna happen again. Yeah, so, yeah. But like that's but like that that guitar sitting on fire with Jimi Hendrix. People think that was Woodstock, and that's that's completely wrong. It's yeah. wrong. But I don't know. Lou, I, Lou Adler just had a. And speaking of Lou Adler, like Carol King, she worked with Lou Adler a lot, and Carol King was a, was a massive fan of of Rocky Horror Picture Show in the early days. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, Carol King is is somebody I've I've heard of many times before, and I I've, I've never really cared about. But now that we started collecting the vinyls, I picked up her album Tapestry, which is I keep telling you it's fucking I mean, you fantastic. See that everywhere, I mean it's, it's it's every fucking record. It is going to, dude. It's a really really good album, and you listen to it, and you're like, holy fuck! I thought this was a this person song, and then you think, oh, I thought this song was a this person song. Like this girl wrote so many <laughs> fucking songs for other people. It's unreal. But yeah, yeah, Carol King was an early supporter. And then she would eventually even dress up as some of the characters, which kind of like spurred everyone else dressing up as these characters. But also, yeah. like Keith Moon, fucking early, early supporter of this Rocky Horror Picture Show in England, it's so much that he would buy all of the cast members bottles of champagne whenever he would he would go to the show. So the cast members would say like, oh, if we went to our dressing rooms and there was fucking 11 bottles of champagne, we knew Keith Moon was in the crowd. <laughs> like come on how That's fucking so cool. cool is that That's so cool man and like the the original person who they wanted to play eddie was elvis like elvis was slated to play oh, eddie before God. meatloaf and it didn't work out but like elvis went to a bunch of shows and meatloaf met elvis a bunch of times and was like holy fuck what do you say to elvis yeah i know especially at that <laughs> point you know by what? 1973 to 75 like, what do you fucking say yeah, to elvis what do you see <laughs> Like not, I mean, he's past his prime, obviously, but but he's it's a legend. Elvis. I mean, at that point, yeah, he's a legend. At that point, like he he's past his prime, but he's a fucking legend. And and wow. and Meatloaf also in that one that thing that I saw, he said he met Raquel Raquel Welch one time, and, uh-huh. and he was said he was he was in his like skivvies essentially because he's all dressed up for the for the play, and he sees her walking down the dressing room aisle, and he, it's Raquel Welch, like she's iconic yeah. in her own. And and he calls her by the wrong name. He says some other name, and she kind of stops and looks at him, like looks him up and down. This is according to Meatloaf here, 
And and she looks him up and down and just says like, says something along the lines of that's not my fucking name, and then just walks away. <laughs> but like Meatloaf just took that as like holy fuck. I just talked to Raquel Welch. Like he was he was like a fanboy. <laughs> he was so excited. But it's like because well, wasn't she like was well, she was like a like a like a um like a sex goddess of yeah, the 60s. Yeah, she was right? a pinup like, girl, like, dude, in the 60s. Pin- yeah, absolutely. Was, yeah. But like land of the lost status, like all those fucking like scantily clad, like looks like your clothes yeah. have been torn by a dinosaur pinup girls. <laughs> but like Meatloaf was just so excited to have met like a, a star. And like, don't forget, this is well before like Bad Out of Hell, he blew up and he's out there like in fishnets and underwear and he calls some major fucking sex icon by the wrong name and she makes fun of him for it. And it's just, Man, it's look at <laughs> watching plays in, in Hollywood in in like the seventies and sixties and seventies and early eighties, like that's that's why L.A. was the best. That's why L.A. was the best. Well, well that's why it was the best. I wouldn't go that far. It was the best. It was the best. L.A. in the seventies to early eighties was the best. The best, Jerry. The best, the Jerry. Best. The best. <laughs> Literally the best. And then I okay. So so real quick too. Uh, what kind of annoyed me was like whoever I forgot who the costume designer was, whatever they said, um, like what, what they created on in this movie was the predecessor to punk rock fashion. And I think that's fucking stupid. It's stupid. Cause first punk rock of all, was before that it was well before this and punk rock was stupid anyway. I mean, I mean punk in the seventies was fucking dumb. It really was. Well, I mean, outside of the clash, I mean, and the misfits, I mean, punk kind of sucked well. in the seventies. The Velvet Underground was punk, and they were fantastic. Oh, the Velvet Underground were kind of garbage for the most part. They had like one good record. Jesus but, fucking Christ. Um, Your mouth just says things that are just <laughs> so stupid. But but you know what I but you know what I mean. Like I get it. it's I get a really it. stupid thing for her to, for them to say. Or it was it's, her right? I forgot her name now. But. It's it, it's one of those things where hindsight is twenty twenty. Let me capitalize yeah. on what happened and pretend that it was intentional. Yeah, that's yeah. what's happening. It's not like you, you, you guys made a movie that you thought would be funny. It turned into a, a cult phenomenon and you tried to backtrack and say you did it intentionally. No, you did it to be a dick. You did it to make fun of things, to make fun of other people's hard work, actually, because those B movies, a lot of the B movies were like legitimate movies that people thought would be big and ended up being terrible. Yeah. So you, you yeah, some of them were, yeah, you, you essentially made a, a mockery of people's like work. Like that's that's what you did. Very, very true. Because yeah, it wasn't an homage. It was, it was, it was a parody uh, essentially. But this was before parodies were like wildly accepted as as being like okay. Which, it was before like the airplane movie. Like airplane was like the what parody movies are now. You know that was that was the beginning of what we know as a parody movie was airplane, and that was like nineteen eighty eighty one. But I would I would I would for sure say airplane was yeah that was like early early eighties. But I would for sure say 81. like airplane was probably. Was probably like the best example of 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 a movie where it's like okay now now I get it we we have a guy that's directing the movie producing the movie that loves the movies he's parroting and doing it in a tactful way in a respectful way but still th- th- making fun of all being of it so stupid yeah just being outrageously stupid about but it but still being respectful because you know he's seen all the movies he's making fun of yeah 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 whereas yeah. Rocky Horror like like they made fun of fucking Day, uh, Day the Earth Stood Still all of these movies uh, King Kong it's like I, don't, I, I find it hard to believe that they've seen all of these movies all these B movies that they're making fun of I don't know <laughs> Just seems it's impossible uh, whatever I don't know whatever that's worth 
All right. Uh, so do we have anything anything else? I, I mean, I'm not going to play the, the Touch Me song. <clears throat> do we want to talk about anything else? Do we want to wrap it up? What do you think? Uh, no. No, that's, uh, that's all I really got for my notes here. Okay. All the good stuffs. All right. I mean, I, I'm sure we missed quite a bit. I mean, considering how crazy and rabid the fan base for this movie is, I'm sure we missed a lot. But, you know, honestly, we've had a couple days to do this and... It's not a perfect movie, so we're not going to go too deep. But whatever, I I feel like we we gave this we gave this movie the soundtrack a fair shake, a very fair shake. So, with that, uh, what are your final thoughts? And uh, and then after your final thoughts, we're gonna we're gonna rate the movie based off of our three point rating system, where three is a perfect movie, two is a good movie. You're gonna continue to listen to or watch our fucking our movie. What am I talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my about. god! Let's start this one over. Let's start this one over. Rewind Holy shit, the whole uh, the whole episode. Whoa! All right, rewind so that. Rewind. We're gonna redo the whole episode, all two hours <laughs> of this. Um, so we're gonna rate the soundtrack with our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album, perfect soundtrack. Two is a good one. You're gonna continue to listen to. One is a bad one, but give it a shot. And zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So with that. What are your final thoughts and your rating? Go. Mm. So, like, rating a soundtrack is difficult because, like, do I rate it on a scale of if I gave this to a person who has never even heard of Rocky Horror, I gave it to him and said, hey, what do you think? Like, am I rating yeah. it off of that? Am I rating it off of someone who's seen it once, who's seen it a hundred times, who's seen it once say- but, like, knows, like, the nuance to it, who's seen it a hundred times but doesn't, like, I don't know. There's, there's all these... There's all these factors that go into it. There's a lot they, of factors, yeah. And they all and they all play like an equal role. Like honestly, they do. Because giving this this soundtrack to somebody who's like a rock and roll historian who's never even heard of this movie is gonna think, oh, this is not a bad fucking like adaptation of like early fifties rock and roll. This is cool. I dig this. But then giving it to to like a sixteen year old now who only likes trap music, who's never heard of this, he's gonna think this is fucking dumb. So <laughs> so I don't know. No, we're no, you're gonna you're gonna rate this on your thoughts, on your feelings, on how you feel about it. Like take take society out of it and and its relevance to society. You gotta. This is this is what how that's you the feel problem about though. It. That's the problem though. Is I can't I can't separate the two. I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm not objective enough to separate the, the the yolk from the egg here, because the <laughs> greatness stupid. the greatness. I just made that up. You, you can patent that. <laughs> that's really stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even eat eggs either. I fucking hate eggs. Eggs are disgusting. I don't know what the fucking yolk is. It makes it even is. dumber. <laughs> is it yolk the white part or the, the orange part? I don't even know what the fucking yolk is. <laughs> I mean, I literally haven't eaten an egg in like fucking 10 years. Eggs are so nasty. Oh, you're, you're so weird, man. Maybe more. So Maybe 15, weird. 20 years. Eggs, eggs Just like milk. you haven't seen Clue in 20 years, but okay. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Clue's a bad movie, and eggs. Dude, eggs are gross. You're eating like a fucking chicken's menstruation, dude. That's disgusting. You fucking eat chicken chicken nuggets. Are you kidding me? Get the fuck out of here with your disgusting... You're disgusted with eggs. You fucking chicken nuggets. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you eat hot dogs. Get the fuck out of oh here. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I love... I ate hot dog two days I, ago. I love hot dogs. Dude, I love hot dogs, too. Oh, I, I love, love hot, hot dogs. dogs. I, I legit have not eaten an egg in probably... Actually, the last time I ate an egg was when I worked in Mexico with Palmer, and that was 2008. 2000, yeah, 2008. So the last time I ate an egg was 2008. It was a fried egg. 
like I burned the shit out of both sides and put it between two pieces of toast and stomached it because that was breakfast. <laughs> You're such a baby, dude. Eggs are, do you eat eggs? <laughs> You're such a baby. I eat scrambled eggs. Oh, dude. I, sc- I mean, I I really like scrambled eggs. Like oh. in a breakfast burrito, especially. First of all, on, they, the they smell like farts. They're all fucking rubbery. They, no, they don't. Oh, dude. They don't, they don't smell like farts. They're fucking disgusting. Okay, Mr. Chicken Nugget. Chicken menstruation is what you're eating. Call, call them what they are. <laughs> That's <what laughs> I don't give a fuck. So, I don't give a fuck what it is. It tastes good. So anyway, I, 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 it's hard to separate. Are we rating the movie, the soundtrack? What are we rating here? What, no, we we're, do? doing, we're doing the soundtrack. We're doing the music and the soundtrack. We're not, we obviously talked about the movie a lot because we have to, but we're talking about the soundtrack here. I love rock and roll music. When we did the, the, the Richie Valens episode, I have a very, very yeah. high tolerance for rock and roll music, American rock and roll music from the 50s. I, I think it's the bee's knees. I, I think it's so fucking good. I think it's amazing. So given all that, like I think the soundtrack is amazing because it's very much taken from the 50s rock and roll era, probably from when Richard O'Brien was like growing up listening to like rock and roll music in the 60s from the 50s, and he's probably trying to write a musical while incorporating that subconscious rock and roll fifties era of him growing up with kind of like the counterculture in the late sixties going into the seventies. So I think there's two different generations here that he's writing a musical for. And I, I, I dig that. I, I, I love it. I think it's great. Like soundtrack on its own, but it's like, it means nothing without the movie. Honestly, the soundtrack means nothing without the movie. Then, then rate it with the movie. That's fine. Okay, I I will. You can rate it however you want. It doesn't matter. All right, so here, here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Movie on its own, two out of three. Easy. Okay. All right. Movie on its own, two out of three. It's not. It's not a great movie. It's it's the plot dumb. Everything about it is pretty stupid. The plot dumb. The plot, the plot dumb. No, the plot is not dumb. The plot is the plot dumb. That's it. The plot. The dumb. plot dumb. The plot dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You fucking idiot. Is that even what I said? I don't even feel like I said that. Did I say that? You really did say the plot oh dumb. The plot dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to waste words. Words are like bullets. <laughs> I don't want to waste them. Oh, shit. This so, is so, so the movie, I'm giving it a two <clears throat> out of three. The soundtrack, honestly, by like on its own, 2.25 yeah. out of three. Okay. So, so you know, we kind of, the but aggregate is, here is like 2.10, 2.15. 2.15. But like this is one of those t- those times where like the sum is greater than its parts because you put these two things together and it creates something iconic. It creates something that's really, really, really fucking good. And I, I think as a whole, like somebody watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show and listening to the music at the same time is going to have their fucking minds blown as opposed to, I don't know why you ever would, but watching the show, the movie on mute or listening to the record by itself. Because on, on their yeah. own, it's just kind of stupid. But together, we're talking like 2.8. Because Okay. There we go. That, that's After all that, we, we get to 2. There's a lot of buildup, kid. There's a lot of backstory. There's a lot of backstory. <laughs> George Lucas made fucking three whole movies of backstory, plus the Clone Wars, plus the Rebels. Plus, I mean, come on. Backstory's important. Okay. You tell me backstory's not important? Are you joking my ass? I I didn't say that. You're just you're just talking. I didn't say that. Jesus Christ, dude. Episode one, <laughs> two, three, Rogue One, Solo, Clone Wars, Rebels. Like I, dude, the list goes on. Are you tell me backstory's not important? No, it is. I didn't say that. Jesus, that's all I was trying to do. 
All right, Solid. the two point eight. That that's that's your that's your final verdict. That's my final verdict, and that I mean that's really because together they are amazing. But like the I will say again, if you took out Tim Curry from this movie, this movie would be shit. Honestly, yeah, it, it'd would, be be trash. Sh- it would be shit. It'd be trash, yeah. All right, um, my, my final thoughts. Uh, I mean, make, I mean you, you touched upon everything. everything you say here. Now go ahead. You touched upon everything after all that <laughs> that long winded explanation about I mean, let me the, pick, let me pick the difference apart between your the music and the movie. What? Let me sit here and pick apart every fucking word that comes out of your mouth. Go. Go. <laughs> no, I'm not picking it apart. I agree with everything you said, but I'm just going to give it one rating. I'm not going to give it three different ratings. <laughs> I gave it one rating. <laughs> I mean, 2.8. Aggregate. <laughs> ba- based off of you know everything we already talked about and then what you just said, I mean, I'm not going to go over all that again, obviously, but I'm going to give this a 2.75. It's far from perfect, but you have to have, like you said, you have to have one with the other you can't do them separately it just doesn't make sense like if you were to do the movie without the music the movie would be like a one but the music is so much it adds so much to it and it's so necessary that it, it bumps up to a point two point to a 2.75 so okay okay, okay. i don't know that, that's my that's my my final thought on that one. okay so uh yeah that, that's all that's all we got for rocky horror i mean like i said at the beginning of the episode this is very last minute we probably could have added more in here um so anybody listening who really loves rocky or fucking deal with it i mean <laughs> i don't I care at we this have, point. we're two hours we're two hours deep i don't i don't care but i know we have one one listener that like loves rocky or oh really okay yeah so i'm wonder, I'm, I'm curious as to what they would think yeah I, i'm too i like i wonder what we kind of really missed out on and, and didn't bring up but um, but yeah, whatever. Who cares? I enjoyed myself this episode. This is actually, the, to me, I feel like this ended up way better than I was expecting it to. So I'm stoked on it. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts, you know, all the whole the whole thing. Rate, review, and subscribe. And keep on listening to all your friends, family. And um, yeah, that's it. That's all. Tim Creek. That's a good pill. Urqua. Urqua. That's how the uh, oh, okay, local yeah. split pronounce it. Urqua. Like that. Is that really how it's pronounced? No. I don't, I don't know why <laughs> I even said that. It doesn't even sound correct at all. <laughs> Does it at all? <laughs> so, no mirror pond, but um, this is good. This is, this is better than mirror pond. Oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> you haven't even had a mirror pond before. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, what was I gonna? I forgot what I was gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. Uh, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> this is. That's not even a banger for me. That's because you're an idiot. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like through. It's through. good rock and roll. Yeah. Good rock and roll. There's nothing wrong with this. This should be your two B. You are stupid if you think otherwise. You probably have a gash in your head from falling down and hitting your head on the dumb <laughs> rock that you fell on. But so like. Everything That's why you watch Clue. About. Tim yeah. Curry is the main character in Clue. But it's Meatloaf in Clue. We don't need Meatloaf. Fuck Meatloaf. Well before this. And punk rock was stupid anyway. I mean, I mean, punk in the 70s was fucking dumb. It really was. Well, I mean, outside of The Clash, I mean, and The Misfits, I mean, punk kind of sucked well, in the 70s. The Velvet Underground was punk, and they were fantastic. Well, the Velvet Underground were kind of garbage for the most part. 
in like one good record. Jesus fucking but, Christ. Um, Your mouth just says things that are just so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Clue's a bad movie and eggs. Dude, eggs are gross. You're eating like a fucking chicken's menstruation, dude. That's disgusting. You fucking eat chicken chicken nuggets. Are you kidding me? Get the fuck out of here with your disgusting, you're disgusted with eggs. You fucking chicken nuggets. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the plot dumb. Everything about it is pretty stupid. The plot dumb. The plot, the plot dumb. No, the plot is not dumb. The plot is the plot dumb. That's it. The plot the dumb. The plot dumb. The plot dumb. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Is that even what I said? I don't even think I said that. Did I say that? You really did say the plot oh dumb. The plot dumb. <laughs> I don't want to waste words. Words are like bullets. I don't want to waste them. <laughs>